0: All profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you.
1: Corporate America is on welfare. And, and they you gotta get them off welfare. <laughs> Nothing more important than stopping fascism. Because fascism
2: stop all.
3: Hi, welcome to Cars and Comrades, your socialist car podcast. My name is Bryant, and we've got Brandon and Connor here today. How's it Hello. going, guys? Hey. And, uh, Zach couldn't make it. He's, uh, still coming back from vacation, so he's on his way. Probably won't be able to get on on this one, but maybe the next one, hopefully. Um, I don't know. It seems to be how things are going during the summer these days. You know, I was out for the last one, and, uh, well, the last one we, re- we recorded, at least, it's
1: fucked up. Not recording your podcast is counter-revolutionary.
3: I know. Yeah, True. I <laughs> just <laughs> I've been organizing different kinds of parties. You know, not the uh, revolutionary kind. But um, I I don't know. You guys did probably better better job than I would have done. <laughs> I Absolutely. think that episode we did, we did very smoother. well without you.
2: <laughs> you shouldn't read into that at all.
3: Oops. I dropped something. Um, yeah. Um, no, we mi-
2: we missed you, Brian. Oh, thank you.
3: <laughs> but, I just um...
1: realized that you were the anchor.
3: <laughs> Wait, me? Yeah. How so?
1: Well, you, either you're keeping us grounded or you're holding us back. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh wow thanks guys
1: <laughs> i was thinking about that kind of like a news anchor too so it's like i don't know it, it, it works on so many levels i'm i'm not going to explain to you guys how funny i am i'm just very funny
2: <laughs> yeah all right well now that we've derailed the intro we're off to a good start yeah, yeah. I
1: literally but what 30 seconds ago i was saying let's keep this tight and i derailed <laughs> us immediately good
3: job. Good job I mean, me. we did just talk for like an hour and a half before we actually started recording just about bullshit. So uh trying
1: to get it out of our system and we failed.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so well, let's
1: let's hit it. What have, what has everyone worked on this week? Go, everyone, all at once. <laughs> well, all
3: at once. I was I was gonna give a little table of contents here just to begin with. We will definitely talk about our project cars. Uh, but we also got coming up after that some listener mail, uh, good and bad. Some I we're calling it snake oil, but just like weird gadgets and potions that are supposed to improve your fuel economy, but none of them really do. Uh so a little, I don't know, consumer advice there. And then some news stories. Make
1: oil is a perfectly valid description of all of these things.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. But uh all right, so what have we been working on? Um Brandon, I know you've you've got plenty of stuff going on with your van. Yeah. Mostly good news, right?
1: Uh almost entirely, yeah. Uh my lead, am I leading us in with this?
3: Sure. Yeah, if you want.
1: So I just made, uh, uh, as as I've discussed before, I have a van that I'm building uh, in the pro street style. So uh, it's at a buddy's farm several hundred miles away, so I don't get to work on it very often. So I made uh, a pilgrimage out to him, and we have the four-link kit installed. And that means that the van has now sat on four wheels on all of its suspension for the first time since I've owned it. Um, we have to do some tweaking. Um, I am gonna cut out part of the frame and redo it because as complicated as that might sound, the way that it's torn down right now, it's I'm probably describing three to four hours of work, but the four link right now is, uh, we didn't have the proper lengths to measure when we were working on the frame. So right now, if I launch super hard, the uh, top links would hit the frame and bend, and we don't have full adjustability because of that. But again, that, that's going to take uh, probably fifty dollars worth of steel tube and you know three or four hours worth of work to actually like get welded in. Um, we've got to. I'm going to move the uh, mounts for the coilovers on the frame and do new mounts for the uh, rear. That, again, I expect all of that to be in the vein of, I don't know, two or three hours worth of work. And then it's a full-blown roller. Then we start putting the drivetrain together. And it's I've owned this project for four and a half fucking years, and we only started putting serious work into it this year. And to have it for that long and to finally see it sitting on the ground on all wheels was probably the happiest I, I have been this year. It is. It was fucking amazing some guys in my van club printed a run of stickers of the finished product and it's the van in in roughly the paint scheme i want to do with the hammer and sickle on the side being driven by Karl Marx. if you follow us on social <laughs> media i think i don't know if we've posted it yet but i'm, I'm going to i meant to already yeah uh, we, oh, it, we will yeah it's so fucking sick I'm, I'm so excited about this um that was last weekend and um I started tearing into a transmission that I'm going to be putting in my cutlass this weekend too. So, um, you know, normal shit, like constantly me tearing things apart and whatever. But I, I do think that my transmission in the car is, is toast. I can't do burnouts anymore. The RPMs go up, but the tires don't move.
2: Yeah, not, <laughs> not great. Yeah, it's
1: not ideal. <laughs> if I'm just driving, I can, I can stomp the gas and spin the tires, like, hooking up. But if I just put the brake in and try to spin the tires? Nothing. So, I think I've fried that shitty little transmission that's in there.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, Yeah, I guess that's me. I'm, you know, always just neck deep in projects, so uh, I think I've worked on some other stuff since we last recorded, but I don't even remember. Not because none of it matters. My, my fucking van has four link now. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to put in a sway bar because I did realize that the way four link kits are made, there was nothing to, to prevent body roll. So I, I feel like right now I, mm. I could probably just watch the, I could take a hard turn and watch the tires just coming out of the wheel wells, but all all things in time. Sway, uh, we're going to do a sway bar kit probably and uh, whatever.
3: Yeah. I mean, my MR2 doesn't have a rear sway bar, but like it's also a lot lower than a van. So less prone to body roll this
1: is low but because of the way a four link kit is it's there's nothing holding it centered up so you you have to
0: do you have
1: to do something like any any sort of like regular suspension has it might not have a rear sway bar but it has other things that will stiff like even leaf springs prevent body roll like maybe not as much as anything else what I have right now are four parallel bars with heim joints. So it's just going to sway. They, it is it is the system purely designed to go straight forward.
3: Right. And does that have some kind of like a panhard bar or something?
1: Nope.
3: Okay. So is it like a triangulated or is it parallel four link? Uh,
1: well, the triangulation, that has to do with... God, I, I'm not sure how do you explain the geometry. It won't permit body roll, but uh, it will it provides adjustability for how much the rear can roll uh, and change like the pinion angle um, or the way that it like, because the, the way four link works is instead of kind of pulling the front of the vehicle up, it causes it to squat because it uses geometry to like force the center of gravity down on a hard launch. Okay, um, It's y- you can easily still pick up the front end with enough power because you're just never really going to avoid that but it's it's meant to to prevent that more so than other styles of suspension Hmm. um so it's 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 it is a triangulated four link kit but the triangulation is on an axis that won't prevent body roll it's right yeah
3: it's just to prevent the axle from moving side to side basically
1: that is body roll isn't it I mean
3: I mean uh like from like to keep like the wheel from poking out the side of the bodywork on one side, basically from it shifting over to the side. That's what the triangulation is for, right?
1: No, triangulation is uh, just to adjust like how hard you launch.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm using the wrong uh, terminology.
1: Just uh, uh, talking and doing an audio format. It would be impo- it would be doing geometry without being able to see what you're. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah. Doing geometry on. <laughs>
1: But, um, yeah, I, I, I've got some books on like chassis engineering and stuff. So like, okay. I, I, I've got to read into it more because really like the four link kit was not installed in a normal way because a normal car frame sits so much lower. We are, the van is going to be sitting lower than it ever would have stock, but the the frame is still just higher than it would be on a car. So yeah. we have, we have like, we don't have, uh, it's not quite the way that it would be, but we found a way to do it so that it still is, uh, the four-link kit is, is close to what it should be. I don't know, man. I'm excited about it, but in terms of actually explaining the geometry of it and how we did it without showing pictures or diagrams, I don't know how to fucking do that.
3: But yeah, no. It's
1: dope. It's awesome. And it's a roller now. We can, we can push it into the garage the next time I'm out there and finish weld. Everything right now is tacked very well together but it's not finish welded because we want it to be able to cut it apart. If we get it on like flat concrete and realize that um, things aren't straight, something's out of adjustment. So now we can get it on level ground and finalize all of the dimensions, all the geometry, finish weld everything. So another probably full day's worth of work and it will, the frame and rear suspension will be fully uh, finalized and ready to race as soon as the whole drivetrain goes in sweet. Yeah. So it's, it's not exactly almost there, but I do feel like an enormous hurdle has been overcome because like now we can actually move it. There's, I don't know if I showed you guys pictures, but there's been times when I was standing in an inch and a half of water welding on it because it's just sitting in my friend's backyard under a tarp. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's what I did.
2: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Big progress there,
1: dude. Yeah, it's, it, I'm. I'm incredibly pumped.
3: <laughs> well, uh, I guess I think I told you guys a while ago that my MR2 had a bit of a weird clunk when I would accelerate. Yeah, yeah, uh, coming from yeah. the rear, and I think I figured that out. Um, I think it was just worn loose bushings uh, in the rear end. Um, I, okay. I'm pretty sure yep. it's not a motor mount. Um, so what I did, uh, I don't know. I think last week. Um, I jacked it up on all four corners and just went underneath it and looked at all the bushings and a bunch of them are kind of dry rotted and, and cracked and old and stuff. And I don't know if it's helped at all, but I just sprayed a bunch of like uh, penetrating oil and like uh, lithium grease and shit in there to try and get them to like, maybe the rubber will swell up a little bit. Maybe it'll be more lubricated and not squeaky and stuff. Um, and then in the rear on the trailing arms, uh, it has a thing it has like nuts and bolts on either side where it connects to the bottom of the hub or the what are you, knuckle or whatever. Um, and you can tighten those up on either side to sort of squish the rubber bushing from either mm-hmm. side. And I did that to the best of my ability because those, I mean, it's all kind of rusty and old. Basically. I just put a bunch of um, like oil and uh, heat on the nuts and then I got whatever wrench that I could find that fit on there. Cause a the socket won't go on there. And I used a car jack, like a screw jack as my, you know, sort of mechanical advantage to move that. Um, I, I don't know, maybe a quarter turn, half a turn or something to tighten that up a little bit. And it seemed to help. So I might do that a little bit more, um, if I can on the other side too, but, uh, I don't know. I, and it felt, it felt previously like it was out of alignment and I think maybe it was just things flexing and moving when I was, you know, under acceleration or or braking or whatever. So I think it's, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good car. Like it's showing its age in some ways, but like it just keeps running. So I'm going to keep driving it, you know, until I can't. What year is Um, it again? It's an 86. Okay. So I think it's the first, first or second year that they brought it to the U S Uh, So it's, it's, you know, the 87 and onwards had like bigger brakes and a little bit more power and a couple other things that they changed. Um, Like I think with the suspension, like mine um, had the, I think the 85s had a sway bar, but mine didn't, but it had all the mounting Hmm. locations for a sway bar if I wanted to put one on. But, um, weird. Well, that's uh, a good, that would be a good modification if you can. No, because it'll make it oversteer more. Um,
2: so it'll make I, it more fun. I had it
3: on there for a while, and I oversteered into a curb and bent some stuff, so I took it off.
2: Wait, so it was how was it causing oversteer? It was just too stiff in the rear.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it probably wasn't the the sway bar's fault, uh, but like that's what everyone was saying was like, you know, it'll it'll. It'll tend towards oversteer if you have that rear sway bar huh. and uh I mean the big the big factor was I had old tires and I was driving it too fast so it was it was really my fault but
1: I'm you know, sorry why yeah. I don't understand that term
3: <laughs> too fast uh,
1: too fast what do you
3: yeah for for the conditions <laughs> and the tires that I had definitely like I think they were just the tires that I that came with it that were probably old and out of date and shitty in general so
1: there's never too much speed only not enough traction
3: yes yes um
2: yeah i'll, I'll be honest my uh i've noticed that with my camaro because for the longest time i was too cheap to get new tires um and now that i have new tires one uh the car runs like shit but um i don't i think i would have a lot harder of a time spinning those tires in the last dry rotted shit i had the last tires i was on like i didn't think they were as dangerous as they are but like now with new tires, I'm like, yeah, that was fucking stupid, dangerous. I really shouldn't have been driving on that. So if you were on old tires, I would blame those before the sway bar, probably.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I could, I like I could put the sway bar back on, but at this point, like it drives fine. I'm like it understeers a little bit, uh, yeah, sure, but it's not like I'm not taking it to any autocrosses right now, so. Whatever. Speaking
1: of old tires, I finally replaced my spare. I now have a radial tire on it. My spare was a bias ply
2: tire.
3: <laughs> so it was what, like 30, 40 years old or something? Yeah.
2: yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, old tires are not good. Like, uh, just remember, that's how Paul Walker died, so.
1: I thought he died from dating an underage girl.
3: <laughs> Wait, what? What? <laughs>
2: oh
1: yeah <laughs> never never forget oh uh it, no it, I, I, that was a joke uh, dating an underage girl didn't kill him it, it just apparently kept him
2: alive for a period
3: i didn't i didn't know about that i didn't know too much about his personal life
2: i don't know the details of it but it's uh, it's I, one of those weird stories where you're like uh it's not it's a rich guy doing rich guy things and rich guy things apparently for some reason involves young young women girls. and Young women and men, apparently, for whatever reason. Yeah. Huh. Okay. But what? I mean, they didn't put that. I, in I, it. I feel like I really derailed this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, uh, the new Fast and Furious, I think, is out now. Um, I have not seen it. I'll suck it up at some point and see it when it comes not in theaters. Someone on this podcast has to see it, though. Maybe we'll draw yeah. straws.
1: I think we should all force ourselves to watch it and do an episode about it.
3: I, I've only ever seen the first movie, so I would be a little bit lost. Like I'm sure the plot is not all that important to those movies, but I mean, it. Uh, kind,
2: there's a th- whole through story, and um, yeah, but the yeah. through story is very
1: really simple, right? Family.
2: It's family, yeah, pretty much. Anything. Okay. Having, it's, I don't have friends. I got family, Mister. There was a uh, uh, villain.
3: Uh, I'll see if I can find it, but there was a YouTube video where someone was saying that the um that the Fast and the Furious crew were basically like pirates to like um like like pirates in the you know back in the seventeen hundreds yeah. or whatever would occasionally be contracted by whatever government to be to go yes. harass whatever enemy country.
2: Yeah.
3: Um and they're um, like a democratic collective by, an- of anarchists. By
1: the is, uh,
3: yeah. Like-
2: whoa hold on hold on hold on hold on you're not about to start besmirching anarchists by comparing us to these terrible movies (laughs) i will not stand for that
3: i mean i was saying i was saying more the the pirates were the anarchists and democratic democratically running their their boats and everything Um, Eh, and that's yeah it's a bit of a stretch and yeah i don't know watch the video if you really want
1: that that's a pretty sweeping statement. I I do know that there were some pirate crews that were like that, but I don't think that was necessarily the norm at least not by a certain point. But I really I really don't know, so I would have to look but, into that more.
2: But the Fast and Furious crew were like pirates in a lot of those ways. It's right. it's it very it but essentially those are superhero movies now. They're they're yeah. Marvel movies. They're probably going to Marvel's going to buy them actually. I I'm <laughs> I'm proposing Oh, I would. Oh, I would love to see that happen. That would just be the best, like, late stage capitalist story. Just like, oh, Marvel now owns Fast and Furious. It's happened. It's yeah. Coming. I can't
1: wait to find out how a 69 charger defeats <laughs> Thanos.
3: <laughs> oh man, that yeah. would be interesting. Yeah, it turns out
1: that Thanos' one weakness is nitrous. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah.
2: I'm sorry. Where were, we? so, where were we? Oh, no,
3: I just had a couple more things real quick and then, uh, we'll move on. But, like, um, I guess the other thing I've been working on is my moped. Um, I think I might have mentioned this, but, like, the rear wheel had a, like, a bent rim. Yep. And I had, I had a, um, a donor bike that I took a bunch of parts from a while ago, but it was the, the one, built under license in India. And so they changed a few things. And one of those things was the, the wheel spline pattern for the rear, rear wheel. So yeah. I couldn't just switch the wheel over from one to the other. And what I ended up having to do was take it apart and use the hub from the Italian made one and the rim from the Indian made uh, wheel. And then whatever spokes were in good shape and built up a wheel. Wow, um, you did the so bit, I've got huh? that put together. What's that?
2: I said, wow, you did the whole thing then, huh?
3: Yeah, I haven't balanced it yet. I haven't uh, trued it up, but I've got it put together kind of loosely. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah, I'm hoping to get that done by, um, the end of July because there's, I think on the 29th, there's like a big scooter, uh, meetup, um, that, uh, what's his name? Scott, previous guest, Scott um was gonna go to and I'm like, hey, would my my janky old moped be welcome? And he's like, Uh yeah, I mean you might not make it into the the part where we go up into the mountains, but uh you can hang out with us in town and run around. And I'm like, cool. I'm gonna try and get this this thing running and on the road. So that's Sweet. putting some some fire underneath me to get that done. But um uh the other thing uh yesterday was July fourth. Uh, we're recording this on the 5th and uh, I was hanging out with uh, James and Rafi, both previous guests and uh, another friend, uh, Matt, who's not a car guy. And um, and we were talking about all kinds of stuff. I'll, I'll have to post some pictures uh, in the social media or something, but um, Rafi got an old cop car, an old Crown Vic, like a 97, I think. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Big old land barge. And uh, you know, when I saw it, he had like I think four or five tires and wheels like in the trunk and the back seat, so like it's it's a pretty good you know parts hauler, um and big ones like I don't know twenty inch wheels or something, uh for oh, for wow. another project, or for a friend's project I forget which, um and then James it was sort of a potluck James brought a, a apple pie with a a pastry hammer and sickle on the top of it so <laughs> I was very uh, you know, we, we shared it evenly. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. And one of the things that we were talking about is the, um, the Chevy Sonic, which is a, you know, decent little economy car. I think it's the second generation of the Aveo, which was like designed by Daewoo. So like, it's nothing special or whatever, but they had a turbo version. It only made like 130 something horsepower, but it had a turbo. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole last night looking into those because I guess Rafi was saying that they can you can switch the bigger like two liter turbo into those and make a faster version of them. But you can also b- buy uh, like a, a replacement upgraded turbo for the stock 1.4 liter, which gets you almost like around 200 horsepower to the wheels or so. And I was looking into that and like looking at prices of Chevy Sonic turbos near near me and stuff. I'm like, oh, for this much and this much, I could get a pretty cool turbo little hatchback. I and keep I'm doing like, that Wait. myself. <laughs> Same shit
2: where you're just like, oh, here's this little piece of shit I could buy really cheap, and then here's all the money I could spend to make it. Exactly. Not, And then you're yeah. like, but it's still a little piece of shit, which is fine. You know, it's good for gas and stuff. I need a, I need a fuel-efficient little zippy car that's fun to drive and isn't actually fast. Like, There's yeah. not
1: one person in this podcast that is capable of buying something and not fucking with it just yes <laughs> like i'm just gonna buy this re- reasonable daily driver that gets good fuel economy and i'm just gonna leave it stuck except uh you know maybe i'll put a turbo on it or like maybe i'll put a cam in it I- actually like you know i'm getting eight miles to a gallon but my my car
2: sounds so good at
1: idle like we're, literally we're dumb people we, we're bad at money
2: yeah. My, my my Nissan I bought, like I was like, "No, I'm am going to get a separate drift car. I'm going to keep this one nice. This is going to be my daily car." <laughs> and not kidding, 2 months later, it was out on the drift track as I'm like driving off the fucking track like, "Ooh, I'll learn. I won't if I crash into anything, I'll buy another car. Whatever." <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I can't I can't not fuck with it.
1: <laughs> the only time I'm not fucking with something is when I'm too busy.
3: Yeah. And, and one of the things I've been too busy to work on lately is my Sabaru. Um, it's got a few problems that I think I said before that the AC doesn't work. Um, and also it was doing this thing where it would leak fuel when it's cold and now yeah. it's doing it's leaking fuel when it's warm. Man. And so like I got about like 17 miles per gallon highway last time I drove it, uh, which is not typical. So, I, I track. I think I tracked it down. It's a pretty common problem with these cars that there's a fuel line that runs underneath the intake manifold. That's a rubber line with hose clamps uh-huh. on either end, and that can leak uh, because the you know it heat yeah. cycles and the rubber gets old and cracks and shit. Yep. So words,
1: it's like it's in inside the in like manifolder.
3: Or... Yeah, it's in between the block and the manifold. Um, okay. So. I, some people were saying there's a way to, you can get like a long screwdriver and get in there, but it looks kind of tricky. I might end up just having to take the, the man, manifold off, uh, and replace all those lines.
2: I I would, I would just go yeah. right there. So,
3: I mean, it's, it's going to be a pain in the ass.
2: Just get, get all fresh new gaskets. Once you take off that top end, you know, it's good. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's kind of a good, I, that's yeah. what I would do
3: but it's it's like do i also want to like upgrade the injectors at the same time do i just want to replace the motor with a jdm one preemptively and i don't know i'm not sure what i want to do with that car so it's Uh, just going to sit for a while
1: i love i love the snowballing of like okay well (laughs) this uh this just needs a new fuel line so i logically by extension i should do head gaskets i should do
0: Uh,
1: i should actually i should just upgrade the intake really it's it's gonna be off i might as well find something else better like before you know it that eight dollar fix is like seven hundred dollars deep and your car doesn't run for two years uh
3: (laughs) yeah that's kind of where i'm at and i know it's coming and i can't avoid it (laughs) so give in but yeah, sorry, that, that was kind of a lot, but that's all I've been up to lately. No, I,
1: I love the afternoons where you're like, oh, th- like I recently found out that there's a company that makes aftermarket Oldsmobile blocks. So okay. <laughs> I could build the, the motor that I'm putting into my car. Hypothetically, I could build a, a big inch one. I think it was like, give or take, it was about a 550 cubic inch version that I could build with their block. And it can actually handle like boost and all this other stuff. So it's like okay, well, you know, I'm not going to do this because the block bare block alone is four grand, but I don't have anything to do for the next hour, so I'm going to cruise the internet and hypothetically spend fifteen thousand dollars (laughs) building this motor I'm going to have.
3: Right? Mm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) When the thing that I
3: was looking at with the the Chevy Sonic last night, it's like for all those different mods that you could put in to get around 200 horsepower, you could just buy a. Uh, what's it? Fiesta ST, like a Ford Fiesta ST. So like, unless you really want to have a Sonic, uh, a Chevy, that's actually a Daewoo, you know, you might as well just go with the Ford at that point. There's a much better aftermarket for one of those, but I I don't know.
1: A Fiesta is a party, man.
3: Yeah. (laughs) That's what I hear. I think they're, I've, I've heard they're good cars for like a hot hatch.
1: No, I, I just literally mean that Fiesta means party. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Those cars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sorry for going on for a while there. But uh, Connor, what have you been working on?
2: Well, yeah, your your time there was mostly us uh, derailing it at several uh, critical points. So that wasn't just you rambling, at least. <laughs> yeah, it was three of us rambling.
3: <laughs> yes, it's a team effort here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we're going to do it again. So we got one more. Um so, uh, yeah, I haven't been working on too much besides mostly just finding new problems, essentially. I'm, I'm in the problem-finding stage, essentially. Yeah.
1: In my experience, that stage never ends.
2: Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no, so the Camaro I'm um, daily driving is... it's I hate daily driving it. Um, I get... it's It's so funny. I get people break their necks looking at this thing and I'm getting thumbs up every fucking time I drive it. And also I hate the car with a passion. <laughs> and so like, there's just this weird like disconnect in my head where everyone's like, Oh fuck, that's the coolest car. And I'm just like, I own it. It really sucks. Don't get one. Just don't do it. They're terrible. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of a weird disconnect, but you know, so I'm daily driving it, it doesn't have AC right now. So it's like, kind of shitty i have one of those um those ac recharge things in the car that i just haven't gotten around to using because it takes a whole 20 minutes and i just haven't wanted to do that <laughs> who's got that kind of time i know i certainly we got do podcasts to record
3: and aren't <laughs> you supposed to like uh like purge the old system with vacuum and shit like that or i don't it... know
2: there's instructions on there and it's like okay run the th- at full blast with all the doors of then find the low pressure port then put it on then measure it and then if it's this then fuck with it if it's fine you have something else wrong I you know I just haven't wanted to fuck with it
3: I think if you have like absolutely no AC at all you might want to get the the professional I, like you don't have to take it to a place but like get get the loaner tool from the parts store that's like the vacuum pump and the gauges and all that shit uh-huh. Um, and then put the actual like lub- special lubricant in there like I, I watched a video about this because I need to do the same thing on my car um, but like so that's like that's what I need to do on my car because I know there's an actual hole in the AC line so there's like nothing in that system but if it's just like a little bit low I think it's probably well so here's the thing whatever it cost it was
2: like 30 40 bucks and i've I've, I've always wondered if these things work I guess I'm gonna find out. I think it's kind of just low because I know at some point, like I had it, it was working fine. I think it's just the car sat for fucking however many years. And I don't know what that does, but, um, I don't know. I think it's got the gauge on it and everything. I'm going to give it a try. If it works, I'll be happy that for 30 bucks, I got it working. Um, a part of me is just avoiding it because I have a feeling it's not going to work. And then whatever. I I don't think it's going to do any harm, but, there's a so, good chance well, that it won't work.
1: So, in my experience, you never ever have to worry about charging your AC system if you just buy a vehicle that never came with air conditioning to begin with.
2: Oh, you know, I bet that um, would work. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I have heard that yeah. actually.
1: Yeah. That's my, I've never had to recharge an air conditioning system because literally nothing I own has an air conditioning.
2: I'm so, like, I've gotten so, like, I love it. I'm just, I'm all for it. That is the one, that's like the creature comfort that I, I need I've been so going to the track uh, and seeing people with their drift cars like dying hanging out of their cars I'm like no nah, I'm not interested in that when I'm I'm in grid I'm sitting there with my AC pumping and I'm like yo I'm fucking comfy ready to go out and I'm watching other people who are like struggling and I'm just like yeah no I'm never going back never going back I want AC all the time if my race car can have AC my fucking daily can have AC <laughs> Which, usually they're the same car, so... um, You know. But, uh, so yeah, I don't know. We'll be trying that. I bought the thing. I just haven't used it. I'll get around to it at some point. Uh, Then the other thing was the bent uh, gas tank filler neck. Which I've definitely mentioned before. I don't know if I mentioned how I tried to um, unbend it. Which super didn't work. Uh, But I tried using a tailpipe expander... So the like loaner tool you can get from the part store and the tailpipe expander is just like, you stick it in and you'll turn the whatever bit. And it just kind of pushes into a, like a slanted um, piece, which so just forces, it forces this thing to widen evenly. You know what I mean? So I was thinking, I was like, Oh, well if it expands evenly, it'll bend my, um, you know, uh, ovaled, um, filler neck, it'll, it'll hopefully make it round again. So I tried to do that. And that's when I found out that it kind of doesn't necessarily expand evenly if it's not all the way in. So like if you stick it all the way in your tailpipe, it'll work. But like, because it's, it can only go in so far into a gas tank filler neck, because obviously it's not designed for that. It only goes in about, you know, Uh, an inch and a half deep or something so that it starts to like put like the back starts to expand really fast and then the the front just stops expanding so it just like Hmm. it was just like i'm putting it in there and i was trying to get it to and just nothing was it just wasn't doing it so it's like because the whole thing doesn't fit right it didn't work um and i was like well i try i go i got i tried a c-clamp which also didn't work because there's just not enough room inside there. Like you can get the C clamp on, but like, then you can't turn it. And if you can turn it, you can't get the C clamp. on. It's like, it's that perfect kind of setup where you just can't quite fit anything right in there. So it was a bitch. So I just got a new, uh, I just got a new filler neck for, you know, it wasn't too bad. It was like 75 bucks or something. Um, so I was like, well, whatever, I'll have that done easy enough. Um, and then I got the, I just actually just got the box out of the, um, package room at my building and the box is just torn to shit. Like I actually cannot believe that the <laughs> filler neck found its way to the building. Um, cause the top of the box is completely open and the side of the box is like, it is no longer connected. So like it can just fly open at any moment. So, luckily, it seems to have made it there. I just hope there were no accessories or anything in the box. I hope there weren't any, like, there aren't any seals or anything. Because if so, those are not with it. So, as of now, it's just this piece of metal that is a very simple design. It is kind of... I was a little bit like, wow, yeah, this is very simple.
3: Yeah. It's uh, it's not quite like uh, it's or it's a little bit like Zach's weird Audi bolt that we were talking about very early <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: so, yeah, the box showed up. It's totally it's totally fucked. Um, but whatever the thing is here, uh, the part is what I need, not the box. So I don't know how it got so fucked up, but whatever it's here, um, I can install that. And, you know, I, I can I can make a right turn without gas flying all over outside the car because that was you know i could i knew was, if i was that bad, yeah so i'm not kidding you i would know if i took a turn too fast i would start to smell gas and then i was like oh took it too fast
1: <laughs> my, uh, my my old van that we uh, discussed in the shitbox episode definitely had a serious case of that going on
2: yeah, yeah. well it took me forever to figure out what the hell was going because i like did just didn't understand what was happening so it took a little investigation. Then, I'll, then I finally figured out, okay, it's just there's literally gas flying out, which I wonder what it looks like. I I'm just want to know from the outside perspective how stupid this must look, but, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, I got that. And then in theory, the Nissan should have some of the parts that were at the machine shops coming back Uh either at the end of last week or hopefully early this week. So I'm cool. going to call on that, but um, hopefully that stuff is done. Fingers crossed. And they're
3: putting the whole motor together for you or what?
2: Yep. Yep. Cool. Doing all of it. So um, the the block and the heads were at two different shops. Gotcha. So that's kind of why. Um, so in theory, both should be back at the shop where they're doing it um but the bottom end will be all put together and in, in the block and all that so should it's all balanced and it'll be balanced with the clutch which i didn't even know you could balance it with a clutch huh. but yeah and you, you know they they put the new flywheel the new clutch on and they'll have it all balanced so um interesting should be, should, yeah should be smooth and then i can't remember was there something else i was supposed to bitch about i don't know i don't remember yeah, uh, uh, you're doing
1: our news section so you got plenty left to bitch about <laughs> oh
2: wait hold on I know I know what it is uh, so the Camaro um, is running shitty um, for for a long time I've been like god I remember this car being so much faster but maybe I was just a kid and I just didn't know any better um, but I, I'm pretty sure it is much slower than it used to be um, it feels slow as shit to me and I started to notice that the power delivery is like stuttering a little bit So the check engine like went back on this week and then two days later it was off again. So I don't know if it was actually related, but like for a while I've noticed like when I'm accelerating kind of just right, like it'll stutter a little bit. And I was like, oh, I hit a bump in the road or I, oh, it's in my head. I wasn't sure, you know, it's one of those kind of like subtle things. But then I started once I kind of got a feel for it, I started testing it out in a way that would like reproduce the problem and then i got it to be pretty consistent it stutters at like specific parts of the rev range and specific engine loads it seems so like at a certain like 75 percent kind of engine load um i'll stutter at 2400 rpm 3100 and then i think like 41 or 4200 and it'll just like you'll feel it kind of the power will like you know it's almost like it's got like very little power and then all of a sudden there it'll have like a quick jolt for 50 rpm and then drop back off so it's very like i don't know something's something's off about it i don't know what could be timings off a little bit or something i have no idea my
1: first thought would be maybe some sort of intake leak
2: yeah i Uh. mean it could be
1: Cause I had a not entirely dissimilar problem, but it, it doesn't completely jive with what you were saying. And I literally just needed uh, to do new ba- base gaskets for my carburetor. And I, because it was a problem that I think had existed and just gotten worse since I've owned the van, but I had, I noticed a significant gain in power because suddenly my fuel mi- mixture was correct. Um, that's
2: you know that's the thing i don't i don't know if the i don't think the fuel mixture is correct um i but like it's theoretically it was rebuilt right so the motor was rebuilt it should be all good if those i don't know it should have all new gaskets so like in theory it should be good but yeah there's something i'm like it's low on power it doesn't have a misfire though and it doesn't like that's that was why i didn't
1: immediately think Intake leak because mine mine would like backfire or or spit under very certain circumstances. Yeah,
2: I can get it to backfire oh. once in a while. Like I'll put the clutch in and I'll just hear that that pop. But like you know, oh.
1: it
3: doesn't feel that
1: like it's ob- like That sounds like some sort of uh like it's sucking air. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. I,
3: I was gonna say cam position sensor. If it's happening at certain RPMs, maybe that could be.
2: I don't even think it. I don't even know if it's got a cam position sensor in that thing. What I, year I, is it, Camaro? It's a '97, so it was the LT1. Uh, yeah,
1: '97 90, was was. Wait, that's an LT1. So is, that's that's not the. Uh, is that like more of the small block version, or is that the LS?
2: No, it's the well. So it was the precursor to the LS. So the LT was just yeah. the small block. So it might okay, have that's, a.
1: That's what I thought. So it doesn't have a crank positioning sensor. It just has a distributor, right?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just the distributor. So that's you know, I don't know. It could be could be any so, number know, the of things. Might... on that are still pretty rudimentary. Yeah, um, but it's
3: got it's it's got to have some kind of sensor in the distributor then to tell the fuel injection when to fire, right?
2: It does it have like, some kind of. It's got a computer. I mean, it is OBD OBD2. So, like, is it throttle body injection? No, no. It's um, it, it's regular fuel injection.
3: Huh. Okay.
2: Um,
1: if I if I if it's anything like the little bit that I do know about that era of motors, yeah, there's just a sensor uh, in the exhaust that tells it it's a, if it's r- rich or lean, and it adjusts. Yeah.
2: And I, I literally don't know 5. if those work. I, I I'm I've got my doubts on whether or not those O2 sensors are like how well yeah, okay we so
3: it could just be batch fire injectors then that yeah wouldn't it could, need it could any be a, sort of
2: it could be a million things it could very well be an intake leak somewhere um that that's not it, it doesn't sound wrong we'll say so well i gotta have that looked at
1: theoretically I, like without it being under load it, this might not work but you can just have somebody get in the car put it in neutral rev it up to like 2500 rpms and spray carb cleaner around the intake or around anywhere where it could be pulling air and if you
2: get yeah the, if it yeah. surges yeah yeah yep no i've i've done that test i i haven't tried that oh, okay, yet okay. so um yeah that's not a bad idea that that's easy enough to do
1: you probably have carb cleaner laying around if not it's 4 or 5 bucks and it'll yeah. take like so little time to do that now that being said i don't love that method cuz that didn't find the leak in mine because without it being under load, it wasn't really pulling a lot of, of air. But, you know, it's worth a try.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's definitely something to – because there's a lot of potential leak paths. I mean, there's cracking vacuum hoses. Like, it, shit's old. It could be any number of things. So, yeah, some spraying um, some carb cleaner or whatever um, around would probably be a good way to tell or you know yeah. at least a starter test it's the simple um that's the simple test to do so yeah may try that but aside from right. aside from those like i said i'm just in the problem finding phase uh, on that car which is always so that's where i'm at lately <laughs> good luck
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
2: yeah i just i want to get the thing well, enough that I can put it into a consignment place and sell it and make it someone else's problem. Someone who's excited to fix things because I'm not excited to fix things. Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. I fixed enough on that car. It's... I get
1: excited about fixing stuff, but usually on vehicles I like to begin with.
2: Yeah. I used to like this car, and then now it's just like, ugh. It's not a good driving car. It's just, it's like they're not. It's not that fun. I don't know. Maybe I'm lame.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i kind of feeling the same way about my Sabaru. I, I kind of like if I could get decent money for it right now, I might just trade it for like, I don't know, some other hot hatch, maybe like a Mazda Speed 3. I, I was talking about doing that, but yeah, we'll see.
1: All right, you guys want to move into some content? I, I need to be out of here in about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We've done projects <laughs> for 45 minutes now.
3: Well, let me uh, let me do the listener mail real quick. And then yeah, then we'll... let's hear it. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to whale. Ah! The first one that I've got is um, when we posted the update on Lordstown Motors, the the one that i wasn't on um i posted that one to uh reddit and i know uh remember uh, brandon you were talking about the the weirdos on reddit who are like pumping up the stock of uh, lordstown kind of like the whole i don't know gamestop thing whatever it, they think that they're it's gonna not a short sale. these
1: people genuinely believe in the company but to okay. the extent where anything that is good is because the company's good and anything that is bad is because people are just against them and lying and trying to like destroy them
2: because yeah. the company's
1: good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and in theory it could be, I'm, I'm not willing to wholly discredit them. Like they've made some positive moves, but also plenty of bad things have happened since they made positive moves. So who the fuck <laughs> yeah. knows?
3: So anyway, someone left a comment on that post on Reddit. Um, and honestly, it, it kind of baffled me at first. I wasn't quite sure what this person was saying. But then I looked at their comment history, and they're all over that that Lordstown subreddit. So well, I'll say, uh, if
1: you're about to read a post from Reddit, can you like leave out all of the slurs? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't,
3: I don't Jesus, think there are any funny. slurs on here, but I'll just, I'll, I'll be careful to, to look for that. <laughs> um. So this person, uh, username KingJasco96, uh, says maybe you could get the stock hub. I'm not sure what that is, on one of the podcasts when it comes to Lordstown. A lot of the negative news, in square quote, scare quotes, uh, are biased, and it's hard for people who haven't done any research to realize that. So uh, King Jasco 96 if you're listening now, uh, clarify what you mean by the stock hub. I, I have no idea what that means. Um, I don't know. Tell us why we're wrong in a coherent way. I guess
2: I don't I don't have much hope for that yeah and
1: like okay so that's a reasonable example of why I I say that like they think anything good is is truth and anything bad is lies because like they're saying you know do like don't trust the news like do your actual research and it's like well there was a guy who did actual research and he might have had ulterior motives but like you know when they got outed for doing a bunch of like dumb shit some of that i i am slowly becoming the, of the opinion that maybe it was slightly misleading but it was by and large accurate and a lot of the stuff he predicted is coming to fruition and so like why did like but those people discredit him it's it's the Hindenburg research guy like they discredit anything that he has said or done completely and any background research i've done on him ultimately led me to finding that the only people who universally condemn his research are the like supporters of the companies that he's fucked over.
0: And when I say fucked
1: over, I don't mean like he did something malicious. He just outed a lot of places for being scams. It
2: sounds to me the same way people, you know, and I'm sure a lot of listeners get this kind of vibe a lot. You, you talk about anything socialist and immediately you get the same talking points from people. And they're like, Oh, you just don't, you don't know anything about capitalism. You, Oh, Oh, you just need to know the basics of capitalism. you're like, that's the precursor to being a socialist, but like you can explain that to them. And they're just like, no, that's, Oh, you just didn't do enough research on capitalism. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's literally doing the research on capitalism is what leads you here. Yeah. But like, they'll never hear it. There is nothing you could say that that would make them hear that.
3: Yeah. I mean Marx wrote a whole couple books about capitalism so yeah you know he Real was
1: partners, those books
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I suppose you learn what a yard of linen is right <laughs> yeah.
3: I think there's yeah. a manga version of of capital if you if you want something a little bit more exciting
1: uh I <laughs> I I saw something like that but I can't remember so I'm not going to try and recite it but... yeah yeah, uh, you know, I would love to see Lordstown Motors do something positive. I'm not universally condemning them, but I, I'm not seeing anything to indicate to me that they're a, a company with genuine promise. Yeah,
0: yeah. They
1: have made prototypes at this point that run and to put like, oh, did I talk to you guys about the fact that one of my coworkers actually did go to Lordstown Week, their big like open house event? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you talked it? about that. Yeah, he's driven in their trucks now. He says that they actually handle great and are awesome, but like. Oh, you know, actually, as car guys, one thing that's really funny is uh, I'm not going to get into the specifics of it because it doesn't really matter that much. But one thing I found really entertaining for a couple of days about the uh, Reddit sub for Lordstown was these guys who are really into investing and know little about cars, like regurgitating facts about how, <laughs> like, well, the Lordstown design is doing this. And this, this is all the reasons that this is good or this is all the reasons that this is bad. And I'm reading it and I'm like, like. You're, it. Regardless of whether this is good or bad, you clearly have no idea what you're talking about. So why are you even attributing any sort of positive or negative value to this? Like you're repeating <laughs> something that you heard from somebody else who didn't know anything about cars. Like fuck <laughs> off.
2: While we're talking about Lordstown, we 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 also have to mention apparently on uh, it was either Thursday or Friday. They, uh apparently there was it was kind of came out that there's a DOJ investigation into. Some practices by Lordstown Motors under the old CEO Steve Burns. So I don't think they're like looking into. Yeah, Yeah, it's
1: it's apparently. Haven't read into that yet. I'm 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 not fulfilling my duties as the Lordstown critic, but um, I have heard about that, and I just haven't gotten to look into it yet.
2: Yeah, there's there's something about it. Um, We know the SEC is looking into them for this and that, and um, apparently it came out that the DOJ. I I don't think the SEC
1: has any actual investigations. They've just had some criticisms of, like, the way that they've done things.
2: Yeah, it was mostly bureaucratic kind of, like, complaints, right? Of Just, like, how they're approaching stuff.
1: Well, I mean, I th- I, the SEC, I, I believe, are the ones who outed them for having no actual concrete pre-orders. Um, mm. But, like, that wasn't an investigation. That was just saying them saying, like, you filed this paperwork and it's clearly wrong or it, it clearly shows that you did this or you did that. But they've, I don't think that there's any investigation by the sec right now.
0: Gotcha.
1: So as well. far as I know, this is actually the like first formal investigation that has been launched against them. So, I gotcha. mean, I don't know. It'll be, we'll probably learn a lot from them and then Reddit will be actually the government's biased or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Probably. Probably. It turns out that consumers are biased because they're not buying the thing that we like. Like it's, yeah.
3: <laughs> they're biased against poor quality uh, products. Huh? How about that? Yeah,
1: you know, maybe it'll be a great quality product, but you know, I'm personally biased against scams. So yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, actually, no, that's unfair. I'm very biased in favor of scams, just not this kind. Like, if yeah. I can make an extra quick couple of bucks, I'm about it. But. <laughs>
2: All right. Sorry, Brian. We we derailed it again, but...
3: No, it's cool. Um, uh, so we got this uh, email uh, a while ago um, from someone named Willow. Uh, and they say, hey, cars and comrades, I recently found your podcast through your Instagram. By the way, great memes. Uh, that's mostly Connor. Good job, Connor.
2: Oh, thank and, you.
3: And thought of a topic that may be interesting to, to cover or just relatable for me and other female identifying individuals. Anyway, the topic is how does the patriarchy and or related topics, example, sexism, misogyny, etc, exist and portray itself in the car spaces, Uh, street community drifting, off roading, uh, mechanic shops, etc. And as female identifying person, uh, what's some good advice to combat that and how not to get upcharged or dummy charged when looking to buy or service a vehicle. I recently encountered this issue yet again when looking at a potential project car, a 98 XJ Jeep Cherokee. And I'm kind of tired of sellers giving extra high prices because they think I don't know about the vehicle model because I'm a woman. Now, of course, there's stubborn sellers who believe their car is worth, uh, is worth what they're asking. But in my main experience, it's been somewhat obvious I'm considered dumb by certain actions the seller portrays example, acting as the nice guy through their compromised ask is 3000 over the average value of the car in my location, etc. And likely based on my intelligence, simply on my feminine first name or appearance. Um, I do understand cars mechanics uh, are one of the biggest uh, classically masculine areas that have continued to exist. So it's not surprising any space related to related would be dismissive or intolerant of feminine behavior or other genders, considering the historical context. Uh, Though I've noticed some of the other social behavior trends that make the space just unpleasant, that I'd additionally be curious if the podcast, or any female or non binary identifying uh, person the podcast knows has noticed in your area. For example, I've noticed most females I know within the car community often either enter the interest through their male family members, brother, father, grandparent, etc or romantic significant other. I don't personally mind or see an innate issue with either introduction, though I've definitely observed the social hierarchical status and respect of either entrance to be different in my location. In brief, I'll just say that I've noticed that women who entered the car community through non-familial influence are uh, viewed as less than to any ordinary car guy with car knowledge or not. And at a couple points have, actually overheard ordinary car dudes specifically say uh women in the car community are decoration or just there to date slash fuck and of course i've got my personal opinions on that
1: yeah i've I've definitely
2: heard that sentiment it's fucked yeah it's gross every time so uh
3: oh uh the last couple paragraphs here um hope it's an interest or hope it's a cool topic sorry about the long email and thanks so much for reading uh, you guys are super cool and I appreciate the leftist represent- representation in the car world because I'm sure we've all seen enough <laughs> Punisher blue line, American flags, God knows what else. Uh, and one way I'd like the, I'd hope the topic being spoken about helps break down the gender stigma and could be insightful for male listeners. And I might, um, yeah. So uh, there's a little bit more than that, but, um, yeah, we, we, we've been talking to, to Willow, willow and some other uh female and non-binary folks in the car community and uh yeah it's like definitely something like this is one of the reasons why we wanted to start the podcast is to talk about stuff like this
1: yeah we we tried to find just not regular ass fucking white dudes to to come on and uh you know podcasters you know lean white dude so yeah we we've Kind of talked about this, and and if if you are uh, female, non-binary, trans, anything like that, uh, any people of color as well, because uh, again, four fucking straight white dudes. We we would love to have. Uh, we've we've talked about maybe having an episode where we have guests and hear other people's perspectives, because that behavior definitely exists. That's I think that was a big part of of why we're doing this, so that we would like to see the thing that we love, be more egalitarian and approachable for other people.
3: Yeah, definitely.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, reading that email, as soon as we kind of all read it, I mean, I felt like that resonated immediately. I was like, oh, I've seen all of this. You know, my partner, Megan has told me every one of these things. I was like, oh yeah, same shit at the dealerships, at at the mechanic shops, what every little part of cars, whether it's from the car scene as in like aftermarket stuff, at the track, at the dealership, this shit is pervasive everywhere. And I mean, patriarchy obviously is, that's, that is the, the default. Um, it's just so much more pronounced. Um, I think in this kind of hobby in this kind of world is just, so that email really resonated and it was like, yeah, we we want to get some more voices on, on this because, you know, I can talk about how I, oh yeah, I've seen that present in the car scene, but I have not personally felt that kind of like alienation from it because I get to, I, I have the, you know, the, the pleasure of blending in when I want, you Yeah, know, I'm I am
1: physically white trash. I'm the kind of person that like car dudes immediately feel comfortable, like, throwing out slurs around me and I've got to be like, actually don't ever fucking say something like that around me. Like, yep. but I, I know how I appear to other people and, uh, it sucks. Yeah. I, I hate that. Like I, I have, a, there's a, a girl I know who, when she came out as, as trans, she was a big figure in like the van world and I, I haven't talked to her in depth, but I know that they were really afraid, um, her and her partner because they like, she she ma- manufactures parts she's an amazing welder and and metal shaper and just very talented and insanely hard worker and they were worried about like their business being able to survive because even with vanning being like a relatively chill like subset of the car world it's still a lot of like 50 60 70 year old reactionary fucking dudes who don't get it and aren't chill about it she's doing all right and I, I like i keep meaning to talk to her and see if she would want to come on and, and probably now would be a good time but yeah um know, it just sucks yeah What's it's, it's a
2: problem but that's we're we're trying to that's why we want to get more voices here right um so um yes we are we are definitely looking to hear some of these stories um and i think we were talking um kind of about doing almost like a panel sort of setup, getting multiple people interacting instead of us just interviewing one person on this. I do feel like it would be really cool to uh, actually let some other people kind of steer the conversation a little bit and you know take us through that experience. And I'd like to do it more than once. Uh, or I, We would, I should say.
1: Uh, do, do we want to try and address any sort of advice for how to uh, help... Somebody like that not get fucked over by mechanics and people selling shit? Because I don't, I actually had to deal with this recently. A friend of mine down south was, and uh, I I asked around and found a female mechanic for them so that it would be like easier for them to like get a a fair shake at like decent repairs for a decent price. But in general, I, I don't have solid advice for that
3: yeah I, I don't know if I have any good advice. I've heard some people say in the past just bring any male person with you uh, even if they're not like uh, you know even if they don't know anything about cars and then <laughs> just
2: yeah just yeah just them being there seriously it changes so like the salesperson will let go ahead let them talk to the to the to your male um, identifying friend or family member whatever they'll talk at them you listen, I, this sucks. This isn't like empowering, but you do the listening and they'll talk to, you know, to essentially your, your clay person over here. Who's just there as a, as a body. Um, and you'll get what you need to know. And as long just whatever situation you're mm-hmm. going into, go in with as much knowledge as you can. That, that's the advice
1: I was going to give. And I didn't want to give it because that fucking sucks, dude. It sucks.
2: Yeah. It's, like the only
1: way that you can be treated like a person is if you have somebody else that that person can respect standing near you. Fuck that. Yeah.
2: No, it's gross. I get it.
1: I, you, you do what you've got to do to exist in a shitty world, but I hate that that is that way.
2: Well, and, and, and outside of that, that's not a requirement. Uh, again, going into any situation, this works for anybody, obviously, but go in knowledgeable. So whatever your repair is, Google it. Uh, let's say you don't know the problem and you take it into the shop and then they say, oh, it's this. Okay, Google it. You know, find out what 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 could it be. Try and learn something, even if you don't. Because I don't. There's a whole lot of stuff about cars that I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that's way beyond my capability. um, But I'll use that opportunity to learn whenever I can. I don't know about going into a dealership. I've done it a couple times, and I just hate it anyway. um, Because they're just, you know, they don't even negotiate on price anymore. I feel like they do the whole "I'm gonna go talk to the manager." Thing. It's like, dude, I asked you for. I mean, we're talking about a hundred bucks here, and you're gonna go. Oh, I gotta go check with. Come on. So I don't know what necessarily you can do there, but like go in knowledgeable. Just know what you can talk someone down with. Know what it is you're looking for, um, and they information they will still your friend.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, they will condescend to you. I, I can't stop that, but you if you go in knowledgeable, you can actually kind of undermine them a little bit especially so you,
1: knowledgeable and when they condescend to you condescend right the fuck back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, really? Cause it, you'll throw them off. And, and so if you go in with knowledge, whatever you can get your hands on, that's the key. And, and then, you know, you can, you can essentially use that kind of to your advantage. It sucks that it is a problem though.
3: Yeah. Um, and this is one of those things where it's, it's kind of hard to separate the, the, problems of capitalism from the oppression of patriarchy like it's all interlinking systems of oppression like people are trying to rip you off and they're also kind of sending to you because of your gender or your race or whatever so like it's it's a a double thing and it's and it's not yeah you can't really separate the two out like like i'm trying i'm trying to do some financial stuff right Mm -hmm. now and it seems like everything in like getting a loan and whatever is uh, just everyone's trying to rip you off. At least that's the sense, sense I get. And I'm a straight white guy, so I don't know, whatever. That That's just my rant for...
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess if I have to give good advice besides bring a guy with you, uh, it's just... If you're going to look at a car, read everything you can, find common problems, ask... Intelligent question. Just do it. Hell, go on forums online and ask people like what you should be looking for. What are the, you know, common points of failure? And like, you know, ask about maintenance. Like ask enough to let them know that you know what you're talking
2: about. Yeah. I was just going to say, especially when looking at a car, this goes for everybody. You should always bring someone else with you. Um, yeah. I do that myself. Even if the person I'm bringing isn't as knowledgeable, I bring someone to keep me from like, Oh, I'm being too polite with the seller, and I'm just talking about that. We're having a grand old time. It's like bring someone else to like let you know, hey, look at the car though. Like, yeah, I know you're hitting it off, but like, don't do something stupid. Um, Because sometimes I like I know what I'm looking at, that like I want this car. I know what to look for. I saw the ad. I came here because I'm super psyched about it. That's a dangerous situation for me. So I do sometimes bring someone to just temper me a little bit. Um, and Sometimes I really you
1: have... bring two friends. You
2: bring your friend Smith and Wesson, and then the car is free. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just saying, if you're looking at a car, you you should try and bring somebody because, uh, yeah, having an extra set of eyes is always good.
3: And and you know if if the listeners have any better ideas or if if you have sim- had similar experiences, please email us. You know, uh, we're you know like we said, a bunch of. Uh, white cis guys so we don't always know what we're talking about but if you've if this resonates with you please email us uh carsandcomrades at gmail.com. And please
1: hit us up. We really want other perspectives and yeah we want other people who have experienced it to say like this is what I want. So
2: yeah, we wanna we wanna put your voice forward. Like for real. That's what we're going for. And reach out reach out an email. You can also reach us on any of our social media. I mean we we read the messages there and um, I do get from, um, several of our listeners, I get memes or I get sent news articles and it's, it's actually really nice and very helpful because other leftists who are into cars will see shit cause there's, it's hard to connect the dots sometimes. Um, so with other people on it, I mean, we do enjoy hearing from listeners, so uh, definitely hit us up if this is something that like, I feel yeah. like resonates with, with people who experience it, um, Please, we want to hear. We want to hear. We we just
1: do this for fun, and we don't even try to make money off of it or anything. And we're more than fucking happy to use it as a platform to let other people, like, express uh, their concerns or, or, you know, do whatever. Yeah, come on the fucking show, man. We're we're pretty chill.
3: Yeah, definitely. All right, Uh, so I think the next thing we had on the agenda was uh, snake oil, right?
1: yeah i'm I'm sadly probably gonna have to duck out early here in a minute but uh yeah let's let's roll into it
3: all right so I found i we were talking about this a little bit, like sort of the the myth of the i don't know there's this myth that got started a long time ago, probably over a hundred years ago that some inventor uh came up with a carburetor that you could put on your car that would get two hundred miles per gallon or it would like run on water or any number of things. And the conspiracy theory is that the the secret agents of General Motors came and stole the carburetor in the middle of the night, and uh, or killed the inventor or bought his patents and you know put him out of business or something. I don't know. They're like I'll, I'll link which I'll put unfortunately a links I gotta say they're all the problem with
2: conspiracy theories is sometimes they're like kind of believable like yeah. oh the the <laughs> agents of this massive multinational corporation who had a major interest in stopping this stopped it and you're like I mean that's not exactly unhinged um it's just usually they get there without evidence and that's the problem but yeah I mean know. like
1: there are there are like actual existing known cases where oil companies had like tracks for trolleys and public transit torn up right like I've oh, yes. always heard that presented as fact but haven't done a lot of independent research to it but
3: yeah I'm we sure talked we a little bit about point. that on the on the uh podcast about trains with rafi um uh, there was step de- like that happened in denver i know and a few other places where um yeah i don't know maybe we'll do a, a more in-depth uh talk about that later but, uh, but that's definitely yeah, that's something feels, that happened
2: that's what fuels these conspiracy theories sometimes is that there's there's a little... It's believable in, in some ways.
3: Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Spoiler alert, there's not a carburetor that gives you 200 miles to the gallon.
3: Yeah, and, and we'll get into why. Um, so near as I can tell, this conspiracy theory started with one guy named Charles Nelson Pogue. Uh, was a Canadian in- inventor and mechanic. And in the 1930s, he um, got a, a few different U.S. patents for... Um, what he called a catalytic uh, carburetor, uh, and it was the, his claim was that uh, it got complete vaporization of the fuel, so there's no fuel droplets in the in the stream, uh, and made all kinds of claims about you know how good it was, but uh, there was no like verifiable tests or demonstrations or um, like scientific proof that any of this was real it, it kind of reminds me of like a lot of those, uh, I think there was one that I talked about in the nuclear vehicles episode where some guys like I invented a nuclear powered car. I'm going to, I'm going to reveal it at this press conference. And then he's like, Oh no, something happened. I can't, uh, please still keep giving me money for my investment, <laughs> you know, whatever. So it kind of, it kind of strikes inventing me. inventing
1: something than just having an idea.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then there's this other thing. Uh, in 1902, they called it the California carburetor, uh, designed by this guy Roy Marks. And this, I'm not really sure what it was. It was designed also to, to make a complete vapor of the gasoline, but it used um, like cotton wicks, like on a like a oil lamp or a, <laughs> something like that, to vaporize the gasoline, which sounds super dangerous to me just having a bunch of like gasoline soaked cotton in your engine bay um but like i think i i mean i don't know if this was just another scam or if it was just a bad idea that got hyped up too much or if it was just one of those like back in that time it was kind of the wild west of like inventing weird shit that was motorized you know like we, there's we all these
1: this beforehand but i do have something to say about that premise
3: yeah yeah
1: um it's very difficult to find good information about this, but uh you guys have heard me talk about Smokey Eunuch, the NASCAR guy from like right,
3: side. Yeah.
1: He built supposedly he built something that was effectively this, but a well engineered version of it that he called the the hot air or the hot vapor intake or shit, it's escaping me at the moment.
3: Yeah, but the something like that it was,
1: the gist of it was that you uh, heated up the intake so that you got full vaporization of the fuel. And there are a few that are supposedly still left around that run. And because they were like running like a a, a stoichiometric ratio of something like 17 or 18 to one, as opposed to the normal 12 to 13 to one, Supposedly these were making upwards of like 60% more power uh, Hmm. than the same motor would naturally aspirated like regular intake. Um, And their fuel economy increased dramatically, which when you increase power output, there is a a lot of way to translate that into better fuel economy because both are a result of a more efficient motor. Yeah. Um, But supposedly there are still existing versions of this. Uh, One of, uh smoky unix pitman has a fiero that has a motor like this in it and you know it was it was like 454 big blocks making 800 horsepower and stuff like that and what it was was they had a system to use the exhaust to heat up the intake charge to i think it was like 400 degrees oh wow Um, and I, i could be wrong about that but it was hot enough to vaporize the fuel between the carburetor and the chamber uh they had a very rudimentary turbo on it because they were heating up the intake Yep. and so it would expand. And so the turbo was not meant to provide boost. It was just meant to prevent uh, the, like the charge from being pushed back out through the carburetor. Um, and as I understand it, the on paper, the reason why this doesn't really float in terms of, of emissions is because that hot of a burn creates more nox emissions.
2: Right. Oh, that makes sense. Yep.
1: Um, but I mean, like you, we were like some of the numbers I've seen put out there. And again, there's not like hard, well-documented info about this. Smokey eunuch was as brilliant of an engineer as he was a con man. Um, <laughs> right. Like his greatest notoriety wasn't just from racing. It was from cheating. Every rule NASCAR would put in place. But that being said, he also like worked with GM as an engineer. I don't think he ever worked for GM, but they went to him to try get ideas for engineering motors because he was that good of a mechanic as well. So it's it's hard to separate fact and fiction with him. But yeah, supposedly these motors existed where a 454 would get like 700, 800 horsepower, something like that, and still make 40 or 50 miles to a gallon. Wow. Yeah.
3: And I I think I might have sent it to you, but I found um, a video by this English guy, I think his uh, YouTube channel is called The Workshop. I think his name is Matt something. Uh, He's some kind of engineer uh, that works mostly with motorcycles. And he was going over the whole hot vapor engine and talking about how like, you know, there's like you said, there's not a lot of documentation on it. So it's kind of hard to know what exactly was going on. But he was looking at sort of the thermodynamics of it and he's like, you know, if, if you did have this temperature and, uh, pressure in the intake, then it would probably have like problems with detonation, you know, pre-ignition in the, in the cylinder. Um, and then also, like you said, it would have terrible emissions for nitrogen or oxides of nitrogen. So it, it would be making like a lot more smog than your typical engine. So but, but, uh,
1: yeah, I've, I've heard, uh, what's felt like valid criticisms in regards to the thermodynamics of it, are be, uh, because I don't remember exactly. Cause that's not really an area. I have a lot of expertise, but basically like if it's running that efficiently, it's actually supposedly wouldn't be creating enough heat in the exhaust to heat up the incoming charge that much. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like these, these engines were running tiny radiators because they were having to keep things so hot. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I've, I've heard valid criticisms of them. The pre-ignition or detonation thing, uh, I don't know. Supposedly, they, the workaround for that is that when you had literally complete atomization of the fuel, and it was a true vapor, not like a wet mist, um, there were fewer hot spots created. Like, there weren't globs of fuel that would ignite the same way that they do in a wet mixture. And okay. supposedly, that's what prevented that from happening. But... I don't know if that holds up to science. I'm not an actual engineer. Um, yeah. it's But it's a thing that... Uh, uh, there was a guy on his group. His yeah, his name is Junior or something. But yeah, he supposedly still has one of these motors. And I've heard okay. plenty of people say it absolutely did work. And I've heard plenty of people say that it, it was just Smokey Eunuch being, uh, uh, you know, putting on a smoke show.
0: Right. Um,
1: and we, we might just never know. I don't know.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, it's... it's- it's, it's interesting. A more if tangible else.
1: thing than a lot of these two hundred mile or two hundred mile per gallon carburetors that were right. always just vaporware. Like it was, it was never real.
3: And so there is a thing called like stratified charge combustion, um, and I think Mazda is starting to do this with some of their next generation motors, where basically you have, um, well, the 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 early Honda Civic, the CVCC engine, did something similar to this and um where you would have one circuit of your carburetor would give a very lean mixture into um, the intake and so that would get drawn into the cylinder and then you would have a separate intake valve in the head the this is how the civic the early civic would work it would have a separate intake valve right next to the spark plug that would draw in a very rich mixture and then that would be rich enough to be ignited by the spark plug and then it would ignite the lean mixture.
0: Hmm.
3: And so uh, Mazda is doing this with like more like direct injection technology. Um, and that could be something similar to like what Smokey Unic was doing. I don't, I'm not really sure on the, the details of that. And one of the technologies I'm going to talk about or saying technology is being generous. One of the sort of snake oil scams that I'm going to talk about it in some cases it does provide some benefits. And I think that's what it was doing is something similar to that stratified charge combustion. But we'll get into that in a, in a couple minutes here. Um, actually, why don't we just talk about that now? Um, the main one that I, that I've seen a lot of is called HHO or Brown's gas. And this is basically a way of getting hydrogen and oxygen gas that you make via electrolysis, and then you pipe it into the intake of your engine, and it is supposed to... uh, Well, it burns. It definitely does burn. It's supposed to burn cleaner and give you better uh, emissions and uh, fuel mileage and uh, also power. And there is some evidence that it does work with um, diesel engines uh, because with with like a regular diesel engine today, you've got direct injection, and you've got again, that very rich mixture at the very center of the um the combustion chamber, but not all of that uh, fuel atomizes and burns up completely. That's why like sometimes you see diesel engines putting out soot, like black smoke. yeah, um and the the premise of this is that as near I can understand it is, you've got a very lean mixture of oxygen and hydrogen, you know, swirling around the chamber. And then when you inject that, uh, rich mixture of diesel fuel, uh, the rest of it burns more completely. Now, I don't know if that's true. There was some small, uh, study that was done that seemed to give some evidence of that, but, uh, I haven't seen a whole lot now where it doesn't work is on gasoline engines. Uh, there's basically no evidence that it, does any benefit, maybe a little bit for emissions, but mostly what it does is just draw energy from your alternator to run the electrolysis setup. And then you end up with worse mileage and worse performance um, and uh, a bunch and of- Can I
1: stop you for just a second? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Um, I do have to get out of here in a minute. Uh, fortunately, everybody, I'm I'm gonna probably have to bail early because I'm on a in a later time zone than everyone else. But I just found something interesting. Um, and I'm going to dig into this now that I know, apparently in the eighties, uh, GM Ford and Mopar were all, uh, messing around with, with smoky Unix hot air intake thing. Uh And uh, supposedly there are actually documents and independent lab results that verify claims of like uh, close to 50 miles to a gallon from things making 1.8 horsepower to cubic inch.
3: Huh? Okay. So now I'm
1: gonna have to look into that more, but but apparently this is more than just snake oil. There were there was actual development by all of the big three and uh documents that verified the results. Huh.
2: Interesting. And I wonder I wonder why we didn't see more of that. That would be the thing to look into, um, I guess.
1: The article goes on to explain why this never actually got put into production. Oh awesome. But, I mean, it's Hot Rod magazine. I don't know the veracity of of any of this. But if it's claiming there's actual documents, then maybe those still exist. And we can learn more.
3: Yeah. So preview of a future episode, maybe.
2: Yeah. Another one. My gears are turning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Cars and Comrades, the podcast you listen to to find out what the next podcast we're going to do or the next (laughs) 10, if we ever do them.
1: Cars and Comrades, where we spend two hours discussing fifteen minutes worth of material.
0: <laughs>
1: um, sorry, yeah. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when, I, I need to get out of here. And uh, no, it's all good. Uh, when I found that, it, it seemed worth pointing out. So, all right. Uh, sorry for having to leave, everybody. Uh, I suck. I there work you know. at five no, a.m., no, so I, I, I my life sucks. All right. Everybody have a good night.
3: Good night. All right. Have a good one. Um, all right. So where was I? So HHO gas, it's, uh, yeah, it's basically you get like this little plastic tub with some metal plates in it. And then you run, they, they usually put water and potassium hydroxide in there uh, just to be like a electrolyte to uh, uh-huh. provide Yeah. To allow current to go through the water with less resistance. Uh, And then you just hook it up to your 12 volt, you know, alternator and uh, a bunch of bubbles of oxygen and hydrogen come out and then go into your go into a vacuum line into the intake. Um, It seems
2: like a Rube Goldberg kind of way to do it. (laughs) Yes.
3: And some of these, some of some people are like selling kits for these for like 300 bucks so like don't
2: buy them I assume. yeah
3: definitely not like if you really want to try this out if you're just i don't know what uh if you have
2: a youtube channel and you want to myth bust this yeah you i mean
3: can. let alone i mean never mind that other people like five other people have myth busted this already including i think the MythBusters on tv <laughs> uh <laughs> do it again Go- yeah, do it again. Um, I mean,
2: look, I don't think half of what we say on our podcast is it probably isn't new. So, yeah, you know. but also <laughs> like
3: don't don't do this at home because you're you're filling up this reservoir with a bunch of oxygen and hydrogen gas, which can burn and explode very easily. And then you're also putting potassium hydroxide in it, which is caustic and can give you chemical burns. So, like, I don't I wouldn't do this. Um, there's yeah, really seems- no reason to um i have seen people use this for like welding gas like in in a replacement for oxyacetylene like if you can't get that where yeah i mean so if like if you put the proper like um what do you call it uh flash suppressors or like blowback preventers or whatever they're called so that it doesn't explode on you like you can use it for welding gas interesting Um, yeah i mean maybe it's not as effective as like Actual oxyacetylene, but it does work. Hmm. Um, Wild, yeah. So, and all... this is, so
2: this is supposed to be just like basically a little bit added to the charge to essentially boost the efficiency and the power. I guess is that the claim.
3: Yeah, and there's there's not a lot of like science behind this. Like some people will that claim sense. that you can. <laughs> you can get this thing going and then like turn off the gasoline to your engine and just run it on water, (laughs) which is totally not true at all. Like, I don't know where anyone's getting that. Like maybe they're doing some kind of other chemistry in that container to get more gas out of it. I don't know. And then there's some people claiming that it'll, it'll like mildly improve your emissions, which seems a little bit more believable, but still hasn't been really tested. You know, I think,
2: Um, with this, along with other sorts of like, there's, as long as cars have existed, we've had these like little, these little cons and these, these like legends of like 200 mile carburetors are, Oh, the cars that ran on water. But, you know, the guy was killed by, you know, the government or whatever. Um, a lot of these conspiracy theories, like they make these claims and like, and people do, you know, um, go with it they're like oh yeah oh i've seen it like oh yeah i've seen the video of this doing this and it's like it's just a it's just a magician doing a magic trick um one of the things like um i'm more of a i kind of got into like that skeptic kind of way of thinking um which kind of helped me be a better leftist i think um but like there was a line i forget I forget who said it, so I, I can't properly credit them, but um, it was a really simple line that I was just like, oh, um, and, and it was conspiracy theorists lie. Just they lie. So there's like people who are genuinely convinced by these things, like they believe it themselves. And so they'll repeat it. But the original source is usually somewhere. There's a lie. Like, it's not just like, oh, Well, they they made this car and it worked for them. Like, why would they lie? And it's like, well, they lied. Maybe everyone else after them believed it, but they lied. And like, once you understand that, like, yeah, I know you're you wouldn't lie. Like, I always used to be like, well, I wouldn't lie about that. Why would anyone else? And it's like, well, they do. (laughs) They do. Yeah. So
3: and, in, it's and just, in a lot of cases, this is people lying to try to sell some little gadget that you can put yeah. on your car and supposedly get better mileage or whatever.
2: Yeah, this is just like a, a more extreme like this is typical capitalism like that always exists and it's existed before capitalism, too, to, to be clear. But like people try to make a living by creating this little story and yeah, and they'll lie about it. And a lot of people will believe it. Um, but that's kind of why I think we need to, in general apply some skepticism to claims that are, uh, extraordinary. Uh, I think extraordinary claims should get extraordinary evidence before. Yeah. Um, I buy into it. Definitely. Um, and a lot of, and there's, there's a million of these little stories you, you could search and you, we could do an episode like this every couple of months about, uh, these little legends and stuff. And there's a million of them out there and there will probably be more. And I'm sure we have some to look forward to with electric cars coming soon.
3: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be like some some like holographic sticker with magnets in it that aligns the chakras in your in your battery to make it last longer. Whatever.
2: Yeah, I can't wait. I really cannot wait for that.
3: Yeah. By the way, I just saw I was just scrolling through this Popular Mechanics uh, article where they Okay, so Popular Mechanics not the greatest source of information, but they actually teamed up with um, Consumer Reports and NBC to do this reporting. So there is some like more mainstream, uh, you know, journalism going on. And one of the HHO generator gadgets that they found was nineteen hundred dollars. So Oof. yeah, uh, people can spend plenty of money on these if they if they're going to get fleeced. Um, yeah.
2: Ugh.
3: But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few other of these gadgets. Um, a lot of them are like, like you can put magnets on your fuel lines and that's supposed to uh, align the fuel molecules so that they're, oh, I on. don't know what. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, mis- they're misaligned. They're not happy being in that
2: gas tank in the yeah. ground. And you gotta, you got to bring them some joy so that they explode, right?
3: Right. <laughs> And I guess I'll admit that I, I got sucked into some of these when I was younger. Like when I was in college uh, was like the first time that I had like a reliable internet uh, hookup hookup. Yep. Um, And so I just started like going down all these rabbit holes about reading all these things. And I was like, I was, I remember talking to one of my friends. One of the things I got um, stuck on was people saying that if you add a small amount of acetone to your fuel, it'll improve your mileage
2: Hmm. by like, I I I don't know,
3: cleaning out harmful deposits or something. I'm not really sure. Sure. But like, you know, what someone pointed out, I forget if it was my friend or someone online was, uh, you know, Astone's a really good solvent and can probably, you know, destroy your fuel lines if you have too much of it in there. Yep. But yeah, I mean, like if you don't have a good grounding in science and you, you just read some of these claims you can get kind of sucked into, you know, thinking that these are real.
2: Oh, it's easy uh, to get, it's easy to go down the rabbit hole and
3: just about yeah. anything.
2: I mean, um, on any conspiracy of any, like there's, there's a conspiracy for everything and it's really easy to get, go down that rabbit hole, especially with just the nature of the internet in general. It's, it kind of fosters that a little bit more.
3: Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah. so one of these that I've actually seen advertised on TV, like late at night, is um, called the Tornado Vortex Generator. And this is basically a bunch of, like, sheet metal that's bent into the shape of, like, a fan. And then it's, you put it inside the intake snorkel of your engine. So, like...
2: Oh, wait, I those forget- little electric... Uh, the little fans?
3: Well, so this one is just a non-moving, like, stator. It's just... The, oh, the... okay,
2: yes. I know exactly. I know what you're talking about, though. It Yeah, like, oh, it spins. It c- creates a, uh, a spin on it or whatever.
3: Yeah, it's supposed to, like, increase turbulence in the airflow to, like, yeah. create better mixing of the fuel or whatever. Yep, yep. And, yeah, like, every single test that I've seen of these, it says it it was worse for the fuel mileage and... Yep. Uh, um, power it isn't i've always wondered like how
2: can you have something get like so thoroughly discredited and just continue to be sold continue to be on ads right people pay to put these ads everywhere oh buy this thing, and it's like they've been proven to be detrimental every single test like there's never been a test that showed otherwise yeah and yet they continue to exist (laughs) why doesn't the market punish them (laughs) you tell me why doesn't the market make this stop yeah. I was told the market will figure it out. <laughs> I'm angry that the market doesn't seem to do its job
3: ever. Right. <laughs> and um, some of the funnier tests of these, um, that guy, Cletus McFarlane, who like drag races yep. Corvettes, um, he's, he tested out a couple of these ones, like the one that spins like what you're talking about. It was yep. basically just a plastic fan on a bearing yep. in a tube of it.
2: <laughs> and all
3: it does is is like the air rushing through your engine just spins this little little i don't know um turbine like toy it... thing i guess yeah yeah <laughs> uh so like they lost like five horsepower on that thing or something <laughs> you know they actually dyno tested it um uh, they did i think they tested like an electric turbocharger or like supercharger that actually worked but it was like thousands of dollars so
2: it's thousands of dollars and i've heard that like You know, they can break. Yeah, it's it's a it is not the
3: same as a real one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another funny one that Popular Mechanics tested was um, the engine ionizer. um, This sounds like a scam
2: already. This (laughs) sounds 100% like snake oil.
3: Yeah. So it's a couple pieces of wire uh, and some rubber blocks molded onto it, which the manufacturer refers to as capacitor blocks.
0: Uh huh.
3: And after the test, they actually cut these apart and found no actual capacitors in them. They're just molded uh, rubber. <laughs> and uh, so they clip onto the spark plug wires uh, near the plugs. And then the idea is that they carry the corona discharge from one cylinder's plug to the electrodes of the other plugs, which is supposed to cause oh. a partial breakdown in the larger hydrocarbon molecules in all the non firing cylinders, resulting in increased combustion efficiency. So
2: Wow, so a bunch of claims, a bunch of big words, and, and it's <laughs> like, no, it's bullshit, though. It's 100% bullshit.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and, and pretty hilariously so. Um, they, they tested it on the dyno, and, did a, um, and they found a 15 horsepower loss
0: nice. with this thing.
3: And then they did, a, um, I believe, an on-the-road uh, economy test and uh, some of these rubber blocks started to melt and drip onto the exhaust manifold. So ah. that's that's when they stopped uh, doing the test because there was flames coming out of the uh, the intake <laughs> or the engine bay, I should say. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So- they also tested this thing called a, f- a vapor injector, which is just like a real janky um, fuel injector thing that just shoots vapor into your intake manifold oh Uh,
2: nice little boost there huh something doesn't tell your computer about it just exactly
3: (laughs) (laughs) so like yeah there's no it's like
2: it's like it's the idea of nitrous but for fuel and it's not tuned in
3: exactly (laughs) so
2: yeah it's just gonna make your exhaust smell bad
3: (laughs) And it looks super dangerous, too. Like, I would not put this on my car. Like, it's got, it's got like a little clear filter bowl where the fuel goes through. So it's just like a little glass or plastic bowl that isn't yep. in your engine bay that could break. And yeah, that doesn't look nice. very safe. Um, nice. So one of the things I came across that, at, that can actually be useful but is often done poorly is water injection. Um, oh yeah. So, yeah. like, we were it's talking about this thing, a little bit, like for like forced induction engines, like if if um, Brandon was going to put a supercharger on his uh, his car, it might it can be useful for like cooling down the intake charge. Yep. Like um, instead of having a bigger intercooler, you can have a water injection, where after the turbo or after the or sometimes actually before, but usually after. Um, When the pressurized air is hot, you uh, add some some water vapor or sometimes it's water and alcohol vapor and that um, evaporates and cools the charge and you can have, uh, you know, denser charge. So that makes more horsepower. Um, It's cooler. So it's uh, not it's not having like detonation or pre-ignition in the uh, in the combustion chamber.
2: Usually that it's used to. You you can run more boost without it's it just makes your boost safe because otherwise you're really risking um, detonation um, and that ex- you know that explosion in the combustion cylinder before it's supposed to uh, the water vapor or the methanol um, whatever you're using or the combination of the two it cools it to lower the temperature to make that less likely but it also like it's kind of like higher octane fuel is technically less combustible which makes it more right. controllable by right. adding this extra element in there you're, you're essentially increasing the octane up, up essentially
3: correct yeah and i've so, i've seen that's a real I, thing yeah no i like i was on a team in lemons that we use this on a supercharged so car awesome. and it works pretty that's well so awesome <laughs> um yeah and it was we were kind of cheating because we were using a like a really like a professionally made water injection system that just one of my teammates had lying around um, from his, you know, when he was racing uh, DSMs. But um, I mean, it worked like I don't know how much how necessary it was, but it seemed to help. It's definitely not necessary. unless, like, if like, unless you're running a supercharged or turbocharged car, you don't really need this. Uh, Like, maybe it'll help cool down like a hot engine. But like, I don't know. A bigger engine a bigger radiator would do just as good a job. Probably better, actually. Yeah. So, like, and and the the system that uh, Popular Mechanics tested, uh, it used like engine vacuum to draw the water into the intake. So it Mm -hmm. would not really, um, it would give you less water when you're at wide open throttle because you would have less vacuum. Uh. So it would give you less water when you actually need that. Yeah. That's
2: so they tested a bad system and they're like, Oh, see water injection doesn't work. And you're like, no, 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 stop it. You didn't do it right. Yeah. No, that one's real (laughs) for the listeners. That one's fucking real. You can, that's not a scam. You can buy it. That's a real thing. Just spend the money on it to get a good one.
3: Yeah. And, and this one that they had, they got 20 fewer horsepower and about 20% less fuel economy. So like, If you have one, if you're going to do this, like make sure your engine is, you know, needs it and that it's tuned for it, because yeah, like if you just put this on your car and hope that it does something without a tune on the engine, it's not it's going to be bad for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, good bet. But, you know, like anything else, all of these things, it just helps to apply a healthy skepticism to claims in general, whether it's about politics or economics or stupid car gadgets. If it sounds too good to be true, do your research because there's a good
3: chance it is. Definitely. Um, And I got one more to talk about here, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, This uh, is called the fuel shark. uh, And I'm reading off of a post on Jalopnik written by Jason Torchitsky, who is probably my favorite writer at Jalopnik, you know, Jalopnik, uh, it has its up and ups and downs, but uh, he's, which actually he's I don't know. To...
2: By the way, I don't I don't know if like um, I have not I didn't know this before we started doing the podcast and I'm like doing the social media stuff. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of writers for the uh, for Jalopnik are actually like pretty left. Um, in fact, a lot of car media is surprisingly left. The car yeah. scene is like toxically reactionary, right? But all the writers are like, I mean i've seen trans writers i've seen like communist writers, and you're just like what Who, yeah what where did this come from and um, so as anyway, i'm looking at that. this
3: yeah no that's good like i think uh as i'm looking at this uh jason torczynski's his little avatar next to his name uh says gmg union which is the uh gawker media group uh union so he's uh repping the uh the union of writers that that write Hmm. for Jalopnik and other uh, related publications.
2: Yeah, Jalopnik's a pretty cool publication. So if you're not if you're not getting your news from them, like you can read them. They're pretty cool.
3: Yeah. And I know they've had some problems. You know, they've been bought out by different companies a few different times. And I know some of their writers have left and a lot of them are writing for The Drive now, uh, which is another pretty good publication. Um, I agree. But uh, so this one, the Fuel Shark... Um, It's a $40 little gadget that just plugs into your cigarette lighter. I want to buy this already
2: (laughs) for 40 bucks. What's the worst that could happen?
3: Yeah. (laughs) And it's supposed to increase your fuel mileage and lower emissions and increase horsepower. But all it is is a little plastic thing with an LED that lights up blue that plugs into so wait yours. what does
2: it even claim to do because like there's nothing it could control from your cigarette lighter in theory so like right. what is what are they even claiming because like i like so i'm i'm all here to shit on capitalism be like capitalism sucks it's stupid but like sometimes i do wonder like how do they stay in business like how does this how does a scam not like how is there no law against like you can't sell a light and call it a fuel say like you can't do that that has to be illegal
3: Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem to uh, say what their claims are. Um, Oh, no, Wait, here it is. Um, To maintain optimum electrical performance and improve MPG, your car will run better with a stable voltage environment. So all it is is a is a voltage regulator, basically.
2: Uh, I I bet it can't even do that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, you know, for any listener, like you can do things like a little thing, like a grounding kit. I've never done one. I think that something like that can help because like there are real electrical issues that can be solved by better grounding but a plug-in fucking voltage regulator is almost certainly not that thing
3: yeah and like like modern cars have pretty good electrical systems and good voltage regulators where like they don't really need this like um jason torchinsky tested it on his volkswagen beetle which you know, in theory, might uh need a voltage regulator um but because it's an older car, so he did a little test where he got a measured quantity of gasoline and just let the car idle on uh, nice. that gas until it ran out and um without the fuel shark, it idled for forty four minutes and thirty seven seconds, and then without or with the fuel shark, it idled for forty two minutes and twenty seconds. Oh, see, so it did worse yeah so it did which
2: worse. which by the way had nothing to do with the fuel shark it had everything to do with the car was like already warmed up or so. like there was already yeah. some environmental change it had so when we say like oh it did worse that's not to take it as like oh see it had an effect no it didn't it did nothing yeah um it certainly didn't meet its its burden of proof but like it also didn't affect shit that's hilarious yeah. and, though
3: and so he opened it up uh, and looked inside, and he found it's got just a regular like glass fuse, like you have in any like anything that plugs into your cigarette lighter, um, a 35 volt, um, uh, one farad capacitor, and a um, 4700 ohm resistor and an LED. That's all that's in there. So it's just mm. a big capacitor, a little resistor to to um, make sure the LED is at the right voltage or whatever. And then just a little blue LED that lights up. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, So, I mean, I guess it does sort of stabilize your 12 volt system to some degree, but. (laughs) Yeah, not not really. So, I mean, he goes into more detail, you know, he got out his little testing kit and, you know, learned a little bit more about it, but uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, you're not going to plug anything into your car that is that is going to save you gas.
3: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, unless you, uh, I don't know, like my, um, I've got like one of those uh, Cobb access port things for my. Yeah,
2: that's a tuner though. That's that's a there's a real yeah yeah. So, but there's,
3: I mean, that costs a few hundred dollars, and you can put a fuel economy tune on it that like reduces the boost. But no, like other than that, it's not going to. Yeah, it's not going to do much.
2: But um they still keep selling them. It's amazing yep. and they still have money to advertise. That's the other weird thing is I'm like, how did you get the money to advertise this? <laughs> right. I always wonder.
3: Yeah, as seen on TV, world's number one fuel saving product. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's number one,
2: too. Isn't it amazing? right (laughs) (laughs) wow rocketed to first place huh Jeez.
3: yeah but that's all i have on uh fuel saving scams you know i guess uh listeners write in if you if you've seen some some of these that i have that i missed but uh yeah i don't know i think it's kind of funny
2: scam yeah little little uh little goofy uh snake oil kinds of things are always uh always fun yeah not if you not if you buy into them, unfortunately, but they are they are generally kind of fun.
3: Well, uh, should we should we do some news segments here?
2: Yeah, that, yeah, we got some news. Got I'm going to do this kind that. of rapid fire, uh, probably a little bit faster than I might normally, but uh, you know, whatever. It's quick news. It's time for mostly mostly us shitting on Elon Musk again because yeah, somehow he's always he always finds a way to be in the news. Um, so. Quick story um is on the bronze Elon Musk statue in downtown Manhattan uh has been unveiled uh mostly to a wave of mockery apparently so um, <laughs> apparently there was a there was a statue of Elon Musk in lower Manhattan I don't know why the article I'm uh, the one single article I have bothered to read on this topic doesn't say why this statue exists I don't know. He's a fucking billionaire. I guess that's and we just do billionaire worship in this awful hell world. But um, there's probably some stupid reason. Maybe he donated to some institute or whatever the fuck or who cares? Um, I'm perfectly happy not reporting on this as actual news and actually it just being a joke. So it was unveiled and most of the chatter on the Internet was basically people pointing out where you can find it to use as a bathroom. And um, they, they, they actually, the article actually noted, Oh, how did they say it? Um, basically they noted that like, Oh, there was a few nice comments about it from people who like Elon Musk, which usually there's a ton of love for Elon Musk. Um, but they said, well, on social media, um, there was a few good comments here and there, but it was almost exclusively people calling it a bathroom. And I thought that was very funny. Uh, and that is the treatment that he deserves um, <laughs> to be a fucking gender neutral bathroom from now until the end of time. Yes. So fuck him. I didn't do any more research into it. He got a stupid statue because he's a, a rich asshole and most people think we should pee on it. And I am all for it.
3: Yeah. And, uh, you know, once you're once you're done doing your pilgrimage to the New York City and bowing down in front of the the idol of uh, Emperor Musk, you can (laughs) uh, get in your Tesla and drive away and maybe uh, die and go to Tesla Valhalla. Yeah. You know?
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, so speaking of, let's see. Yeah. So yeah. Right after, after this story, I want to point out uh, our next story, which is also related to Tesla and Elon Musk. Um, So, of course, he gets the statue for being uh, a rich asshole, whatever. And everyone's been talking about the Model S Plaid, which is like the super, um, the new performance variant um, that is going to have supposedly very good performance. Um, it'll, It'll do zero to 60 in just slightly over two seconds, which they had felt the need to lie about for some fucking reason. But it's just over two seconds. Which is fast as shit. Um, and we did talk about it in our last episode. So I won't go too deep into it. But uh, deliveries started um, just a couple weeks ago. So they really did just come out. Um, notably, they were supposed to come out in February. And uh, they ended up coming out, obviously, in uh, like late June. So once again, Elon Musk was fucking late, as usual. And will face no consequences. Everyone thinks he's a genius still. He's late every single time. It's crazy that people still take his word for anything. But they do. Anyway, so uh, the first ones are really just out. There's probably not one that even has a thousand miles on it yet. And we've already got pretty massive uh, disturbing problem to report. Uh, So headline here is from CNBC. A Tesla Model S Plaid caught fire while driver was at the wheel, says fire chief.
3: Yeah, this one was so, pretty terrifying.
2: Yeah, this one was like. actually so there, the, the original story um, that I started seeing circulating on social media first um, was that there was there was a Tesla that was seen driving around with no one in it on fire. <laughs> Just driving around, I think it was in Pennsylvania, in a Pennsylvania neighborhood, until people started calling the police like, there's a there's an empty Tesla on fire driving around my neighborhood. Can you please do something about this? <laughs> <laughs> so um, they later then determined that um, after they found the driver, they found out that it actually started while someone was driving it. So um, I guess what, what happened was a person was driving it. Uh, They had just gotten it and they started seeing smoke coming from the back of the car. So like there was just smoke inside the vehicle. Right. And they knew, okay, you gotta, you gotta get the fuck out. Right. Of course, as we've speculated and joked about on this podcast in the past, because nothing is really mechanical and everything has to run off the stupid car systems, the door is locked with this guy inside. So like, the car starts on fire and locks this guy inside the car. He had to it just says it forced the guy had to force his way out. Um, It doesn't say how he did that. If he broke a window or or what I saw but like, another
3: article, I don't remember where uh saying that he had to put his entire body weight on the door to get it to open.
2: Yeah, um, so that's scary. That's yeah. really scary. We, we have made like we, we joke around about it a lot like how they have bad quality control and how their fucking engineering is dog shit and how they cheap out on all the safety and how they run everything through a central fucking system that if it malfunctions is dangerous and it's a big joke but like it is serious this is really dangerous stuff um and this doesn't bode well for like oh we just released this new model and like weeks later like oh yeah it's 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 fucked up already. And so so it starts on fire, locks the driver in the car, driver gets out, and then the car drives away. Just like, the, okay, yeah. car starts driving and it starts, you know, it's blazing on fire. And you can find the pictures of this, you know, obviously we'll, we'll link the article. Um, but this car is burnt to a crisp. Um, I think they said it took three hours to put out. Um, And it took the fire department 25,000 gallons of water. Uh, And for reference, a typical car fire will be will be dealt with in about 300 gallons of water. So, yeah, yeah, this is fucked up. So, you know, I'm not going to say like, oh, all electric cars are necessarily a problem and we have to be aware. But it's like we have to be aware that these electric cars, which could work, are being made for capitalists for profit and they will cut corners for your safety. Now, yeah. I don't have a solution to that because you're going to have to still get a car anyway. If you need a car, you need a car. Um, so we all suffer at the hands of capitalism once again, it seems. But yeah, you would think, uh, you would think that if they came out this late with the fucking car, they would have gotten it right. You know? <laughs> so, no. Instead, we have we have the cars catching fire, locking people in and then driving away from the scene on their own. So yeah, that's woo! that's a little
3: terrifying. I yeah. mean, I know at one point I had thought like, oh, you know, these Teslas are kind of cool. Like I could see myself buying one used in a few years or maybe if I got, <laughs> uh, you know, a better job or something like that. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to buy a Tesla. Um, yeah, you know, I think I, I'd, I don't I'd... Want to burn to death. That's not high on my list of things to do.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's uh, it's about the middle of my list of things to do. So, um, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, I think I'll 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 find another electric vehicle company. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the gist of that story.
3: Yeah. And I found another thing um, about Tesla's on Twitter. Um, Someone was talking about something called Phantom Braking. Which I guess is a common thing with uh, Teslas, because for their uh, like cruise control, or I don't know what they call it, super self driving mode or whatever, they yeah, use cool um, driving. They use cameras to uh, do the the range finding of you know cars in front of you for uh, cruise control. Whereas most car companies, if they're going to have super cruise control, like Mercedes uses radar for that for the range finding. Uh, yeah. There's other different systems. Um, but the problem with using cameras is that like if you uh, get a shadow in front of you of a cloud or if you go over a um, if you go under a bridge and there's it's dark, the Tesla will sometimes think that there's an object in front of you and it'll slam on the brakes <laughs> while you're going on the highway. Um, and like people are talking about this. You know, Tesla, some Tesla owners are like, yeah, that happens every once in a while. It's no big deal. I get you get used to it. And other people are saying on Twitter, like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I don't want my car slamming on the brakes without me doing it. You know, like, what if just a fucking 18 wheeler just rear ends you because they're falling too close or whatever? Yep. Like,
2: um, and I feel like, so, I mean, obviously Brandon's not here now, but Brandon has been remarking on the show very consistently Um, and I think he hit the nail on the head that, you know, Elon Musk picks a fucking technology. He basically picks the worst one way too early in development and then sticks with it throughout the whole process. Like he's stuck on, no, no, no. Our cars are going to use regular cameras and everyone else is like, no, that's really dumb and it doesn't work very well. And we gave up on that because it's stupid, but then he'll keep doing it and he puts the cars out on the road and they're not at all safe. And it's like. Dude, like autonomous vehicles have the potential to be way better than human drivers because human drivers are fucking terrible. Like they could be so much safer. But Elon Musk is finding a way to make them not safer. And that's actually shocking. Yeah, it's it's crazy.
3: And and someone in this Reddit thread or excuse me, um, Twitter thread pointed out they have a Chevy Bolt. So a, a cheaper electric Car uh, than the Tesla, and they've driven it 75,000 kilometers and had no problems with phantom braking. So, like, it turns out General Motors, you know, actually cares a little bit if their customers die in a fiery crash, which is shocking
2: because, uh, again, I'm driving that Camaro and I can tell you, the GM <laughs> didn't give a fuck about a lot of things. So, oof, that's yeah. really
3: saying something. <laughs> Yeah, this is more of a indictment in whatever you call it, a, a, a criticism indictment. of Tesla than a than a, you know, praise for General Motors. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there you go.
2: Uh, so um, in more Tesla news, um, this is like not the biggest story ever, but I did find it um, interesting and there could be some interesting things going on. But uh, another article from CNBC, uh, Tesla to recall, quote unquote, nearly 300,000 China-made Model 3 and Model Y vehicles. So um, Chinese regulators said on Saturday, and this was published uh, Saturday, June 26th, so not that long ago. Um, but anyway, uh, they said that Tesla would recall nearly 300,000 China-made and imported model three and model y cars for an online software update related to assisted driving um they i read the whole article they do not go on to clarify what that means so like what they're talking about by an update related to assisted driving so i don't know what that you know if there was a real problem that was found are they being quiet about it i don't know um, I mean, I don't think the Chinese government would have any reason to do any favors for Tesla because they have competitive com- companies in their country. And, you know, this would give them an edge over Tesla. So like, I don't know, like if th- there's no like real benefit to hiding it. I don't, well, I'm they're hiding it, I guess in some way. So there's probably some benefit somewhere, but It's probably not that important. It's probably not even a big deal to be honest. Um, So owners actually don't even have to return the cars to like a dealer or anything. They just like, it's an online software update. So their cars regularly update, I guess Um, this is just the Chinese forcing one, a particular update in the cars, I guess. Um, So something obviously didn't meet some standard in China or broke some rule or was like not working properly. And so they're forcing this quote unquote recall. Um, what was interesting about it to me was just that with the new style of like cars that are like this, like you can have a recall that is literally just a software update. And I think that that's actually kind of interesting. And I guess I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's convenient that like, if there's a problem, which there's always problems on cars, you know, no matter how well you engineer yeah. it, the shit goes wrong. So problems that can be fixed with a simple software update. I mean, that's kind of a promising like th- that's cool. I mean, that's better than like having to go into the shop and have this and that done. Um, so there's some benefits to it. However, I also see some like future problems, of course, um, because like we all see it with our phones. You got what the oh yeah I remember that last update and whew, phone just wasn't the same after that you know <laughs> is that going to happen to your car so just imagine like you get an yeah. up, you're going to have people wondering like they're going to start and half of this could be like a placebo effect at some point but like people are going to get an update on their car and be like you know that last update I feel like I'm a little bit slower or, or my power delivery <laughs> doesn't feel as smooth and like people will work themselves up into thinking there's a problem because of the last update.
3: Yeah, it's like uh it's like people that go to the mechanics and they're like, uh, you know, ever since you uh changed the <laughs> brakes, uh, I haven't been getting as good mileage. It's like, well, those two things are not related. You know, like, yeah, you're just looking for connections where there aren't any. But yeah. Yeah. And there could I mean, there could be
2: connections. So, like, in theory, this could be the next uh, part of engineered obsolescence. I mean, yeah, this could be that. Hey, you know, let's let's do an update to help the customer's battery die a little bit sooner so that it can serve so it doesn't damage it. And you're like, fuck you. You want you just want me to buy another car. And I do not put it past Elon Musk to do that kind of shit. So,
3: yeah, I've heard rumors of things like that with the lower trim models of the Teslas, but I don't know. I don't have a source for that. Um, I've also heard stories and I don't have a source for this either of uh, okay, someone... a, lot of, a
2: lot of no source stuff for a news yeah, episode so... here, Bryant. <laughs> if I find,
3: it, I'll I'll put it in the show notes. But whatever, <laughs> we're I'm just, just you rumors time. here. Uh, we're just slandering Tesla. Um, there was uh, someone <laughs> oh, who hold was on. like parody,
2: parody. That, that, that's not to be <laughs> taken seriously. No legal action okay. can be taken from this.
3: Yeah, I heard a story, might be true, might be not, of someone who was like late to work because their Tesla was doing updates and they couldn't start it. You know it was just sitting there oh my god that's like that's like having going
2: out to your car and like your windshield is iced and you're like well fuck i'm late for work now yeah oh but that could happen anytime now yep oh no oh i could that would definitely make me late because i am always i'm never early you know yeah (laughs) yeah so Oof! Yeah, I never even thought of that. God, can you imagine like a computer update where you can't put it off and you're just like, fuck, I have to go. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Oh, you've given me something to be so fearful of now. Yeah.
3: Oh, man.
2: Ugh, I didn't even think of that.
3: I mean, if you didn't need enough to be fearful of like the ocean being on fire and stuff like that.
2: I wasn't that fearful of that, actually. In fact, I had kind of forgotten about it because like I haven't really had service this weekend and like I saw a couple images of it and I was like, that looks fucked up and then i moved on <laughs> yeah cuz i didn't have to like doom scroll cuz i had bad <laughs> service
3: maybe i've just been doom scrolling i i was i for a while there i was reading all the different articles about like all the um residential schools in canada like killing oh. all those indigenous children yeah that that'll uh, depress you pretty quick i tell you
2: yeah that's fucking terrible and but, yeah um... the ocean on fire that was that looks bad i was like ooh yeah that looks it was real bad. I don't know how, I don't know the current state of it, but oof. Yeah. Yeah. Shitty.
3: <laughs> but sorry if I uh, derailed what you were no, talking no, about. Oh no, that's
2: okay. This is the derailing podcast. That's what we're all yeah. about. Um. Yeah. So anyway, that's really the gist of that story. There's a big recall. It'll probably, it may or may not cost Tesla. Um, it may or may not be Tesla's fault. I don't know, but it's interesting that they can do a recall in which it's just a software update. That's could be, it's you know there's some positive there's some upside to that but there's a lot of potential downside too but also it got us on the topic of china which you know uh to our listeners china is a very complicated place and uh i'm not about to stake out too much on that but uh just this past week was the hundred uh, year anniversary of the chinese communist party so yeah cheers to them and
3: uh Yeah, critical support, if nothing else. um, Yeah. You know, for for lasting this long.
2: I hope they bring in global communism in some form. I don't, you know, that's a complicated thing. Like, I'm rooting for success. Um, I, I have some criticisms of perhaps how it's been achieved. But, you know, it's complicated. And I'm an American and I don't fucking know the truth about a lot of things because I can't get that. And I don't speak the language to get better information. So,
3: yeah. And, you know, someone pointed out that the Chinese Communist Party started with like 25 dudes or 25 people, I should say. I don't know what their gender were. I'm pretty were. sure it was all um,
2: probably men.
3: But, uh, time, but yeah. So, like, I mean, starting, starting with that, like 100 years ago and, you know, ending up where they are today. It's if nothing else, it's a, I don't know, motivating um, story, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, there is, you know, there's while there's plenty of criticism, they are attempting in some way to build some kind of socialism or gain enough control to, you know, kind of bring other capitalist, imperialist nations to heal. Now, that's, right. in a, you know, that's a strategy that, to me, I don't always appreciate personally. I, I sometimes think in terms of i think our way of doing things is better i literally think that socialism should beat capitalism every time I, I think we i think socialism is better than capitalism and i wish we would fucking act like it um i i do sometimes wish yeah. that we would stop pretending that like our metrics shouldn't be oh we'll see like a worker co-op can be just as good as a, a regular company or oh well this socialist country has this gdp fuck your gdp They're feeding their people. Like, you know, if you stop sanctioning them, maybe they won't fucking die. Um, I I sometimes don't like the fact that we play on their framing of the debate. Um, But to the degree that we have to, there is some degree of that. The, The economy is global. So China has to participate in some way, shape or form. And that does mean markets to some extent. And it does mean probably some... Some amount of, you know, some aspects of capitalism. So, again, I'm, I'm critical yeah, and, and sort of of how they build they're, it, but... they're...
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say just like, you know, even self-described, they call their system uh, like socialism with Chinese characteristics. So it's not it's their own thing that they're doing. It's not purely socialist or communist or anything. So like and to be fair every socialist experiment should not look identical. Okay. Because we don't have global
2: communism yet. We haven't gotten it all right. Or the material conditions haven't been right. So like, yeah, there's more than one way to get there and I'm hoping for success from them. You know, I, I, I have my gripes, but, but good for them. I mean, they're, they're, they're comrades for the most part in my book.
3: Yeah. And they've done plenty of great stuff with like public transit infrastructure um, oh they've done great with that. and also uh eliminating poverty in their country so like yeah maybe some of the the more imperial looking things that they've done maybe some of the human rights things they've done haven't been the greatest but like you know in many ways uh they're uh you know yeah critical support i think is the the two-word answer to that
2: yeah i just know we do get um we do sometimes get questions from like people on social media like hey what's your idea on this and i I generally answer those questions with, I think it's complicated. I think, and I get China a lot and I go, look, I don't necessarily know everything about it. I'm not an expert and I'm not going to pretend to be, but I think it's critical support is generally our position. Yeah. And you know, Hey, congrats on a hundred years for their communist party.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, before we move on, uh, I did want to say, like about Elon Musk. Um, there's been a couple other episodes that have covered him pretty well. Um, the couple that come to mind, um, I think Zach told me about uh, Eat the Rich podcast. And they, um,
2: if pro- if Zach didn't tell you, I did. I know. Okay, for sure. maybe it was. Maybe I, will, it was I do done. love Eat the Rich is a great podcast. Yeah, they're fantastic.
3: But yeah, they did a. I think it was like a two parter on Elon Musk, like maybe a year ago. Um, yeah, sort of like, like a. A, a biography on him and sort of like some of the business ventures he's been in. Um, and then um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Behind Tru-Anon. the Bastards. Oh, Oh yeah. Behind the Bastards did one about him uh, that was very similar. And then also recently, um, uh, true Anon did a three-parter on uh, Elon Musk, which I think the, the second, the second and third episodes in that are, Behind the paywall, that's their Patreon stuff. But there's ways of pirating that if you really want to. Or you can give them your money if you're feeling nice. You know, they're not always the most, um, I guess, they're a little bit credible of conspiracy theories that I uh, don't put much credence in. But, like, this reporting, I think, was pretty well done. Um, Well, you have to be, I, I think this even goes back
2: to like the China thing. You kind of have to be skeptical of all your sources of information. Right. And that's kind of like, I see this from, you know, I'll see anarchists that take bait that they shouldn't. And I see Marxists take bait that they shouldn't. And you're like, right. Yeah. I know this supports the thing that you believe, but like, look at where it's coming. Like, it's not great. And I see it on, I see it on the left. I, of course I see it on the right. That's that you know, they can't tell their, you know, they can't tell a source from their own asshole. Like they, they really cannot tell the difference. Whereas on the left, we're better about it, but we are susceptible to like confirmation bias. Yeah.
3: We're all humans, you know? Yeah. And about China, I'll say like, if you see a source, uh, if you see an article citing Adrian Zenz or the U.S. State Department, I would be skeptical of those sources. Yep. They've been caught lying on a couple things before. So yeah, maybe take it with a grain of salt, if nothing else. Yep. So um trying to think what else did we have did you have any more news stories
2: yeah i i got just a just a couple more um let's see here my next thing was oh the uh um sort of a bit of a rumor kind of so this isn't like super official um but mazda did come out and in, in in answer to a question did suggest that the next generation of the mx5 miata is going to be electrified in some way shape or form so they did not confirm whether it was going to be like a full electric option or a hybrid if i were to take a guess i would probably put my money on hybrid first and there could be a full electric in the next generation but it's sort of rumor-esque and it was a little bit of an um afterthought it wasn't like Mazda was like doing a press release saying this they were kind of asked a question caught off guard and they were like uh yeah it's gonna be electrified in some way you'll find out later so it it seems believable that they will hold to that Um, it seems you know highly probable that they were already looking into options for this um, even as early as this most recent generation, um, like all car companies, they have thousands of engineers. At least a handful of them are working on an option to make some kind of electric power for a Miata. It's just, it's a safe assumption.
3: I yeah. Think. I mean, I think basically every automaker is looking into electrifying their existing models yeah. or coming out with new ones at this point. Cause I mean, so many countries are saying you're, we're going to phase out uh, we're yep. going to ban electric or non-electric vehicles, any sort of combustion engines by this date or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, and it hybrids makes sense are becoming,
2: them. you know, yeah. and hybrids are coming on strong. So yeah. um, I do think it's probably a pretty good bet that it'll be a hybrid. Um, and hopefully, with any luck, it'll come with a little bit more pep than it has in the past. Um, chances are they're going to want to make a splash with it. Um, and they're going to want to sell more hybrid and electric technology. And they're kind of going to want to like, I think silence the all we can already hear the, the headline. I can already re- see the headlines of like them not meeting expectations. Um, so my, my, my money would be, they're probably going to try and exceed expectations a little bit. And it may in fact be a faster Miata, which I would welcome.
3: Yeah. And uh, I think, I mean, with an electric Miata, the challenge would be to keep it light because that's yeah. been their goal. At least um, with the current uh, generation of Miata, they've they've made it lighter than the last one. So like if they're going to keep this thing at all light, you know, it's going to be tough to put all those batteries in. But I mean, a hybrid definitely makes sense for. Yeah. um, You know, for such a small car, they don't get that great mileage. So it would. Oh, they get pretty bad
2: mileage, actually.
3: Um,
2: For not that much power and not that much weight. You kind of have to wonder where the fuck's it all going, man. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. yeah Yeah. the miata's great they handle well they dominate in autocross but god damn it they leave every generation does leave us wanting more doesn't it right (laughs) but uh yep that's the that's the way that be so that that pretty much does it for me on on the news um just a couple of quick stories and mostly making fun of elon musk which i'm always happy to do
3: yeah well i did have one more thing um that i wanted to mention um there's something called the Drivers Cooperative that uh, started in New York City recently, and it's a rideshare app, sort of like uh, Lyft or Uber, but it's a, it's a co-op owned by the drivers. And so they're trying to make a better experience for the customers and for the drivers uh, and a better uh, profit, a better you know uh, financially for, for both of them. They're trying to undercut the price of Uber and Lyft. At least, you know, sometimes because they always do that surge pricing thing that can, you know, make one cheaper than the other at certain times. Um, But uh, and then they're trying to get more of that profit back into the pockets of the drivers. Yeah, and uh, there was a couple. Yeah, they're in. Sorry, go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say they're they're in they're in New York City now, and I think expanding a little bit into New York State. um, So if you are a listener in that area. That's if you can get get your get your rides through them. Yeah, I I know I actually heard about them um because of a segment on Means Morning News. Okay, which is the which is the Means TV uh news program, which features uh it, it's now just Sam Sachs from District Sentinel. Uh huh. Um. So if any any of our listeners who maybe have come from Street Fight Crowd or whatever in District Sentinel they did means morning news and means morning news is the fucking best. So if you don't already, I'm, I'll go ahead and I'll plug their shit. If you don't already have means TV, they're fucking legit. Um, there are normal subscriptions are like 10 bucks a month. And I think it's worth it just for means morning news. Cause it is really that good. Uh, it is fantastic reporting and it's funny as shit. Um, but it's like good, legit journalism. Like the guys from district sentinel, the Sam's, they're, very good journalists, um, for real. Yeah,
3: um, I've been made to then check also, that out. I mean, I don't, yeah. listen, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I, I listen to their podcast, and it's also good. Their um, yeah, so uh, District I, Sentinel podcast.
2: Yeah, and so for uh, means TV, I know that they're cool. Like they're socialists. Um, if you message them and you say, "Hey, I can only pay two bucks a month, or I can't afford it right now. I'm out of work, or whatever." You know, they'll they'll hook you up for free. No questions asked. They won't pester you about it. Yeah. So they will give out their service because that's what they're about. You know, so that's a thing that they do promote openly. Um, that's not something they hide. Like you can message them at Means TV and they will they will give you access because they're fucking cool as shit. So I'll plug. I will plug them happily.
3: Yeah, definitely. And I heard about the story on. um uh pod damn america podcast um so so they interviewed a couple of the founders of the co-op and you know who had both worked as either i think taxi drivers or rideshare drivers in the past and they you know had all these problems with the service and and how you know shitty it was for workers and they're like well let's start our own uh so that's a pretty good interview um you know i I was saying like, Hey, maybe we should ask those people to be on the, uh, on our podcast. But like, I think their interview was just fine. And they asked any of the questions that I would have asked. So, you know, I don't know.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So check that one out.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're just recommending people listen to other podcasts other than ours.
2: Well, I mean, to be fair, we're, we're a very small podcast. We just started out and we're kind of a bunch of Balls, so yeah.
3: and if you've listened to two hours of the podcast already then you know whatever you're you're one of the, the hardcore i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah accurate yeah so i think that's all we got um i was gonna say we're you know this is the summer times so and people are busy so we might not have everyone on the podcast every single uh episode but we're gonna try to Still put out regular content. Uh, it might be a little different than what we've done in the past, but, you know, I think it'll be good.
2: Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're figuring it out, folks. Guess what? Yeah. We're not as put together as we might appear on the podcast, <laughs> which is probably not great already. Yeah, it's worse. It's worse behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but, you know, on t- that. To uh, to kind of finish this off, um, I did want to just like renew the call out for any any listeners who are female identifying or trans or uh, people of color. any Anybody in, in, you know, basically not cis, het, white guy status. Right. Um, if you've had experiences in the car scene or in working in the automotive industry, whether it's journalism or you're a mechanic um, if you've had experiences from the obvious systems of oppression that surround us all, let us know. Uh, we, we we would like to have a few uh, episodes in the future on these kinds of things. Uh, so we are reaching out to you know you the listener because um, actually you're the ones we give a shit about. You know we're, we're not here to preach to other cishet white guys necessarily. They're welcome too. Don't 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 you know don't get us wrong, but we do want to hear other voices and we know these, this scene is really toxic to a lot of people who are, you know, um, not like us And so we want to hear about that. We want to highlight those stories and we want to do whatever little part we can to make it better. So please do reach out or
3: yeah, just definitely. reach
2: out to, you know, reach out for reaching out sake because we enjoy it. We like interacting with you guys. Yeah, find us on social media, you know,
3: and if you've gotten this far and you still want to hurl abuse at us uh, or leave shitty Reddit comments, go ahead and we'll make fun of you, (laughs) you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I do like that. Giving some some hate to, you know, people on the Internet. Yeah, (laughs) we're petty. We are (laughs) we are petty humans over here. So don't don't put us up on a pedestal like we're not (laughs) exactly. We don't ignore things. We 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 we, uh, we talk back.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think that's about about it. And uh, I don't know if we have anything else, but I think I'm just going to stop the the recording. If if that's it,
2: that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, uh, review and rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit, and possibly other ones that I don't remember
3: uh hex bear there's a few people on there that respond to us yeah that's been positive
2: yeah yeah so follow us anywhere you get social media stuff cars and comrades look us up
3: cool cool i guess facebook too but we haven't really been all that active on facebook
2: i yeah i try but it's i don't have any new people there so it's kind of like eh,
3: you know yeah yeah Get, get your boomer parents to subscribe to our Facebook page. <laughs> uh, we welcome
2: boomer listeners too. Yeah. If, you, if you, yeah, you're, you're welcome here. If you're cool.
3: Yeah. Silent generation, whatever. I don't, I don't make judgments generation X. You're fine too, but uh, all right. All right. Well, have, have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening this long. You did it. <laughs> you made it through. Congratulations. You win nothing.
2: Yeah. Catch us next time.
3: We don't make you fight fire to fire bitch, we think you fight
2: fire water to water bitch. We're gonna fight racism, not racism, but we gonna fight the solidarity. We say we're not gonna fight capitalism with black capitalism, but we're going to fight the
0: socialism.
3: Amazingly, or not so amazingly, Cuba's crime rate is one of the lowest in the entire
0: hemispheres.
1: Oddly enough, it seems that when people have their basic human needs met, they're
0: less likely to commit crimes. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. The free market mythology, it argues that the most ruthless, selfish,
1: opportunistic, greedy, calculating plunderers, applying the most heartless measures in cold-blooded pursuit of corporate interest and wealth accumulation, will produce the best results for all of us. (laughs)
3: through something called the Invisible Hand.
2: (laughs) What are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you.